0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for... We had last Saturday. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Welcome in. It is episode 143 of the No Spots podcast right here. Not only streaming live on Twitch.tv slash True No Spots pod, but also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from. We are here. This is Decent People's Chav, of course, from the People Studios in Alexandria, Virginia, and I am joined this week. I'm joined as always to my left, you're right, as you're watching us from the regular basement this week, the one and the only, the freshly haircutted, if that's even a word, <laughs> but Dan, Dan the Dark Lord assists. What's going on, sir? How you doing? Hey,
1: what's going on, my brother? Welcome, everyone, to the regular basement. Yes, I am out of quarantine thanks to negative tests. And so we're back to regular programming. To open, first up, where hector been lately, Juju? Hector's M.I.A. because he picked Seamus to win the Royal Rumble, and we squashed him for it. So, but all kidding aside, though, look, to open, I have a request of my tribal chief, your tribal chief, everyone's tribal chief, except for Champ, I mean, except for Donnie and Hector. Tribal chief, please put Bill Goldberg's old ass down to fucking sleep in Saudi Arabia. I know some people love Goldberg, but it's time for his ass to be put into retirement, champ. What's going to be Poseidios in the 88 good side?
0: Ah, uh, you know, just another day, just another day in the life. That's all that is. And yes, uh, heck, I wait. I can't wait for Hector to get in so I can ask him. Yes, yeah, so when is James's <laughs> Intercontinental title match? All right, bet. Yeah, bet. <laughs> but um, anyway, we got a good, we got a nice little show for you here today, sunshine. Thank you for the bit. She's currently streaming right now and absolutely killing it. So, awesome. appreciate you as always. But uh, we got, again, we got a nice packed show for you today. We got ourselves a bit of a situation to talk about. Uh, so, in the news, we will be talking about said situation that happened that it revolved around why the Ru- men's Royal Rumble fell flat. We'll also talk in the news about a former WWE star and producer who was re- going back to impact as well as to a former wwe attitude superstar and a former wwe recently released wwe superstar both getting married this week thank you for the lurk whitney we appreciate you as always and also we have some new japan news as they as they get ready to restart the golden series tour seven more wrestlers have been pulled from the up these upcoming shows due to uh COVID protocol so we'll get into that as well as the results of this past saturday's final nemesis series show for new japan strong and uh, and then of course we will be looking at the royal rumble and talking about that one as well as the fallout from the royal rumble and everything else in the weekend wrestling so without further ado mr referee if you please all right let's get into the news here and yeah, uh, like I said, we'll get into the we'll get into the the meat and the matter at the end of this. But first and foremost, as I just mentioned, a former WWE wrestler and and producer has this has made the announcement that he is going back to Impact Wrestling to be a producer slash coach there. Who is that we were talking about? Well, it's none other than Lance Storm. Lance Storm, has, according to a report online, is returning to Impact Wrestling as a producer. Um, he actually had an interview with figure four, uh, figure four Online and announced it. He said that his first project will be the Running Gut Check Trial, which will be taking place on March the 6th um, at the Arnold Classic. He'll be working alongside Johnny Bravo as well and... Um, he said the exact quote he said was uh producer coach whatever you want to call it I'm quite sure Scott is willing to hear an idea or two if I happen to suggest one but that is not part of my current job description. Uh, as we all know, he worked with Impact back in early 2019 uh, before WWE brought him in to work backstage as a producer later on in, tw- in November 2019 but then 2020 during that time with all the budget cuts in the middle of a pandemic by the way, he was let go by the company But then, and he's not come back since. Uh, he also went on to say this is a chance to make the decision I made two years ago I had done a couple of tapings with Impact as a producer back when I had I still had my school and when I decided to close my school and was looking at options I talked with Impact I talked with WWE WWE made a very eager good offer I really liked it in Impact but both my wife and I and me liked the idea of the security in WWE which is ironic considering it ended up being a six month gig oof um, that's crazy so maybe that's karma or destiny telling me I should have made the other decision in the first place. I enjoyed the two tapings that I did. I liked the atmosphere and the people, and I've always gotten along with Scott Demore. I'm looking forward to it. I won't be, it won't be too long. I'll be going to the New Orleans tapings, and I will be overseeing that check. So congratulations to Lance Storm for landing on his feet. Go ahead. Back to Impact to be a producer. Seth, how do you feel?
1: This is great news, um, Rainstorm does really good work as a producer and the cool thing about producers is that they're you know behind the scenes if you will and most of them work out so Impact got a good pick up here
0: yes yes indeed and then uh, uh, of course with the Impact with Impact tapings and how they work out he can attend the taping that will be two, over two days and then he's off for like another several weeks and then he's back at it so it'll be an easy mm-hmm. traveling schedule for him and everything like that. he can like work that. on
1: his wrestling school at the same time. That's well I
0: think he well, he closed his wrestling school. Remember, he closed his wrestling school right. when he was in WWE, but right. he'd be also be able to focus on the gut check, which was a really was a really good concept that Impact had, which helped them to bring in other wrestlers and stuff like that. That's how they found Rockstar Spud and things like that was mm-hmm. through the gut check uh, series and stuff like that. So good on him. I, I'm glad that he was able to work that out and be able to. Yeah, just get get on get on out of it, get into a, a better a good situation. That's crazy though that he thought he was had security in WWE, and literally six months later he was like he was gone. It was like what the fuck. Uh, anyway, what's up? We got Sage in chat. What's going mm-hmm. on, man? How you been? Uh, Sage,
1: Whitney, Juju, Juju. We will answer your question in a little bit where it comes yeah. to Vince starting working with Impact. I have your answer, but it's going to be a few months before we get to that
0: right right so as we move on from that we have another positive story and that's contract news out of new japan pro wrestling as another new japan star has re-upped his contract for how he described it as a very long time. And that person we're talking about is none other than friend of the show, Chase Owens. Uh, Chase announced on his Twitch stream earlier this week that he had re-signed his contract, stating that when he says, for life, he means it. He has re-upped his uh, in a New Japan Pro Wrestling contract, which had expired on January the thirty-first. He made the announcement on February the second. He was supposed to make the announcement on February the first, but unfortunately, he had a medical issue with his dog and and could not do the announcement then. But on the second, he was able to make the announcement, announcing that he has re-up with New Japan for a very long time. He did not. um, He did not uh, release the uh, the actual length of time of his contract, but he said it's a very, very long time and that he will be staying with them for the foreseeable future. Uh, he also did announce that he will be heading to back to Japan uh, later on this month. And will be there until May, so it's looking like there's a possibility he could be in he could be in the New Japan Cup, which would be awesome to see. Uh, as you know, this past 2021, he spent the majority of the year in Japan, but he was able to participate in his first career G1, in which he finished with four points, including getting a victory over current U.S. heavyweight champion Hiroshi Tanahashi, and he had his best showing in World Tag League this year with Bad Luck Fale finishing. Just outside of the money uh with I believe it was ten points i mean i 'm gonna make sure of that, but I believe it was ten points that he finished with, yes. and then his last and then his last uh, uh last uh, worked match in New Japan in Japan was uh, both nights of Wrestle Kingdom, where he participated in the New Japan Rambo in the pre-show to determine the four contenders for the 2022 KOPW trophy, and then he competed in that four-way against Minoru Suzuki, Toriano, and Sima, in which uh, Suzuki won that match. So he's get he's getting ready to head back. Can't wait. Uh, Sip, how do you feel about this, bro?
1: I like this move. Um, Not just because Chase is a friend of our, you know, friend of the show and everything. Um, But it's good to see wrestlers get into contracts where they have long-term security. New Japan doesn't do WWE shit. They're more like what Tony Khan has done in AEW, which is either allow the contract to expire or if it's a behavioral issue where there's a point of no return, it's the only two ways you get a New Japan. And usually they try to resign their talent. Uh, Chase, you know, some of his best streams on Twitch, come to think of it, are when he's in Japan and me and Chamber just, me or Chamber's just getting up. We're going to pop in and say hi and he's just asking how things here stateside and everything. So overall, cool. Win win.
0: Absolutely, man. Congrats to Chase. Uh, staying in New Japan for much longer. I'm pretty sure there's a US championship match in his future since he did pin the champion during the G1. Yes, hey, again. New Japan, get 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 that man a shot. I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, we move on to we're continuing with the positive news because we got all the negative news towards the end. But this week, a couple of a couple of former WWE talent both got married this week. First, we want to talk about someone who was prominent in the Attitude Era who just got married. And that's Gangrel. Uh, Gangrel got married this weekend and he got married to Susan Nelson. Uh, Photos were posted not only by Nelson herself, but also by the man formerly known as Kizarni Sinbodi, the former Attitude Era star and former leader of the Brood. Uh, This is his fourth marriage having been previously married to uh charlie richards kiera Dillon, and most notably and most famously the late luna vachon from 1994 to 2006 not only did he get married guess it was in attendance for his wedding besides kazarni miro miro oh, cool. miro. Cause miro, because miro we um Gangrel actually trained Miro along with Rikishi at the Knox Pro, uh, Pro Wrestling Academy, so he was there for the nuptials and stuff like that, so congratulations to Gangrel on getting married, that's awesome stuff right there, as well as not only did Gangrel get married, but someone else got married, and that marriage looks to be limitless. That's right, Keith Lee and Mia Yim tied the knot this week, on a, and a picture was posted on social media showing the happy couple doing their first dance together, and this happened on the same week that both Yim and Lee officially became free agents as their 90 days were up on February the 2nd. So congratulations to both Gangrel, and congratulations to Keith Lee and Mia Yim. Sith, your thoughts?
1: Congrats to both couples. We wish them nothing but happiness. And it's really cool that Mayhem and Keith Lee got married when their ninety days were up, because now they can, they don't have to worry about free agency. Now they can just go into free agency, sign wherever they want to sign, and everything's good.
0: Hey, Hector, this is my guy.
1: <laughs> so hey, so Hector, when
0: wins that Sheamus Intercontinental title match, my guy? Okay, never mind. All right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and, congratulations, um, congratulations to the Gangrel and to Keith. What you got to say, uh Seth?
1: Yeah. Um, hey Hector, um, where's that universal championship match for Sheamus or the WWE championship for Seamus? No, no, he said Oops.
0: he said he was gonna win a challenge for the Intercontinental Championship, remember? Yep. But he's not getting
1: that either. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hector, you
0: definitely, you sure shit died on that hill, dog. I don't know why you, did, you even man. thought you it's was going. Lot. You wasn't going to die on that here, dude. We told. Listen, listen, listen. I, I, you should have known we was going to give you shit because of that, dude. I'm just telling. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, yeah. anyway. By the way, even though Hector did compliment you on your haircut, though, Seth. So oh, thank to you, be man. fair. To be fair, he did compliment you on fair, your he haircut, did. sir thank you so that's that's, that's that's i'm just saying and then say say and then sage sage definitely got the right one the chase is definitely on the on the new japan pro wrestling case now for the for a long time so there you go all right now to get into the to the negative news here uh so new japan continues to deal with the COVID-19 situation. They had to cancel three of their four shows recently and postpone one uh, because several wrestlers presented symptoms of COVID-19. And just as they were getting ready to get back at it on November, on February the 6th, tomorrow uh, mm-hmm. in Chiba, four more were... Pu- uh, a few more wrestlers were pulled due to showing signs of symptoms of COVID-19 or being in close contact with someone who presented symptoms. And so... The shows on February the 6th in Chiba and the 7th in Corquin Hall had to be changed because these people were pulled. So, if you were getting ready, if you were getting ready to head out to Chiba to expect to see Jado and Taiji Ishimori go up against Hiryoshi Tenzan and Tiger Mask, that will not be happened. Tiger Mask and Tenzon will now be facing two members of the House of Torture, Yudro Takahashi and Sho. That was the third match. The fifth match was going to be an eight-man featuring the House of Torture against uh, Chaos, which is going to be Goto, Yoshihashi, the tag champs Yo and Tomohiro Ishii, who's challenging for the Never Broken Wave Championship, but instead now that will has been turned into a regular tag match with Ishii and Yo against Evil and Dick Togo, and then on the seventh in Corkland. It was going to be Tiger Mask and Homa going Tomaki Homa going up against Gato and Taiji Ishimori. That has now been changed. Usual will be replacing Taiji Ishimori in the match. And then in the fifth match, it was supposed to be that same eight man with the House of Torture and Chaos, but it'll now be Ishi, uh, Ishi and Yo against Evil and Show. So that's what's happening this weekend, uh, this upcoming uh, week with the shows. And New Japan did apologize to the fans for any concern inconvenience that has been caused by these. Individuals being pulled, it's just not. It's just not getting any better for them, is it, Seth?
1: No, um, I just jumped over the hump and beat it. You know that. You know Thursday got my tests. You know, no Wednesday got my tests and came out clear, negative, negative. and it was a relief off of Whitney, the family, Champ, Donnie, Champ's fiance, etc. Because it's shedding, dying down anytime soon. Even though the rate here in Virginia is slowly dropping, it's still at 23.9% right now. The shit's not going away. People got to be careful. Prayers to the people that have been either in close contact or have got it, or at least symptoms. Hopefully they feel better because this ain't no joke absolutely
0: absolutely like this is not a joke it's not not fun and everything like that so stay safe out there everybody stay safe now we close out our news segment with that's with a situation that occurred which caused the royal rumble to be the way it was which was fall flat on its face and be bemoaned by wrestling fans alike as not being the best men's rumble actually many people saying that this rumble was worse than the 2015 rumble which is saying a lot cuz that rumble yeah. was bad but mm-hmm. people are saying this one was worse and there's a reason for that and the reason is is that Shane McMahon who came into the rumble at number 28 produced the show And went into business for himself by trying to produce a show to make him look good and highlight and showcase him instead of everybody else. So reports have been coming out, been coming from Fightful, from PW Insider, that he he was trying, he pitched all these ideas that would make him. The look so so much better than anybody else. That's why he went in there and was able to outstrike a former MMA fighter in Matt Riddle. Why he was able to no-sell two super kicks from KO and yeet him out the match. Why he ended up being the one of the last four in the freaking match. Was all him. And because he did that, it made this it made the situation so bad he had incredible heat on him to the point Vince McMahon had no choice but to quietly let him go from the company mm-hmm. and cancel all plans that they had for him including being on raw as a heel being in the elimination chamber and having a match at wrestlemania this is a this is bad this is really really bad like there is no shot there's no way that you would sit there and use your name to try to get yourself over when you're hardly even there, and to do it in the Royal Rumble, which was a very lackluster Royal Rumble in and of itself with a lack of star power aside from Bad Bunny, who went in there and had did one of the best Canadian destroyers I've seen, not better than Petey Williams, the Innovator. But I'm just saying, for it's beautiful. But you can't tell me that you go, you that you, you, someone who's near 50 who hasn't been there in two years almost damn near now suddenly you want to come in and get yourself over in the Royal Rumble. That's what we're telling me. Sith, what do you got to say about this dude?
1: Shane, 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 shane. Shane? Shane McMahon, this is the Sith Lord. What the hell were you thinking? Okay, you, you were supposed to help produce. Now, I me mean, use a case in point here for people who don't understand where I'm going with this. Molly Holly was one of the producers slash agents for the Women's Royal Rumble match last Saturday night. Did she go into business for herself? No, she conducted herself like a goddamn professional. Shane, just because your you're last name and you're a 2% minority stake owner in the company does not give you the right to go into business for yourself. You rightfully got fired. You rightfully have had reports all over the internet telling people what the fuck you did. I mean, we'll get to the Royal Rumble review in a few minutes after the New Japan recap. But on the rewatch, I had avoided the internet all morning. When I did the rewatch of the Royal Rumble. Then I started seeing these articles online. And I'm like. Oh shit. This is not good. And you know it's bad. When Vince has to fire. His own flesh and blood. That says a lot. That means there was some major nuclear heat. Because. All the shit he's gone through with Heat, with Stephanie, what she said in the past, Triple H, and what he has said in the past, etc. This made the two of them look like saints. Sorry, Shane, you get no sympathy here in the basement. Champ, what you got for me? So,
0: basically, more reports have come out, especially from Fightful, that there were a lot of heated arguments backstage and a lot of him, again, like we mentioned, trying to use his name and trying to use that as a means to get what he wants. And it was just, it was just a mess. And then you look at the situation and you think about you have a celebrity who's actually dedicating himself to wanting to wrestle when asked to, asked to come in while he's getting ready to go on tour. And you're up here having all these discussions and trying to get your your shit off, when you have the celebrity who's being t- who's going with what's been told to him, right? And it just you just can't do that. You cannot do that. I mean, it's just oh man. It was apparently he had an argument with Randy Orton because the num the numbers flipped and all. It's just it was all. It's all bad. It's all it bad. And again, that's why the, ru- the Rumble just did not. Live up to what it was supposed to be, and it's all because of Shane, and that's why Shane is gone. And I don't, and a lot of people are speculating. They don't think he'll ever be back in WWE after this. I wouldn't blame them for not having him back because that's that was that was wild, dude. Seriously,
1: like you cannot. Hector nailed it right there. He fucking insulted Jamie Noble, an actual wrestler. Shane was an asshole.
0: Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Like
0: he he literally, he literally
1: he literally talked down himself.
0: he literally talked down other producers, a lot of them who were actual full time wrestlers, not people mm-hmm. who came in and did part time bullshit did crazy shit, and they can go and sit and rest for several months, whereas these guys try to do crazy shit and then they're out the next night and having to keep it going it's just it's it's crazy, so yeah Shane. Just go away and never come back. Seriously. Yeah. Like, dead, dead, uh, dead ass. Just go what away and never come back. That
1: you're the CEO of. Keep your 2% minority stake in WWE and just don't come back. It is not safe.
0: Yeah, and Sage nails it, too, that there were reports that the winner was supposed to be actually be Riddle. But that got changed first, to, to, yeah. to, to freaking Lesnar, which... It is what it is. i I'm. I'm I'll, I'll get into that when we talk about the Royal Rumble. But yeah, and crazy. I'll get
1: into that not only the Rumble but final thoughts.
0: Uh, yeah. But anyway. But. That's it for your news and notes. I'm not going to change the, the, the thing to New Japan Recap because it's not much of a New Japan Recap. They had the fourth and final uh, show in the Nemesis series that they taped back in January which saw Jay White main event with his USJ Open Challenge. He went up against Christopher Daniels in what was a banger of a match. If you have not seen that, I suggest you go watch it. It's a banger of a match, and it really shows Chris Dan- Christopher Daniels' CD can still go at his age, which is crazy to me. But anyway, Bl- runner for Jay White gets in the victory. It went 19 minutes and seven seconds. Prior to that, though, we had Alex Zane defeat Arya Davari. Davari almost reverted back to his old tactics while grabbing the ring bell. He did not use the ring bell, and he ended up falling to a taco driver to get the vi- to lose. And Alex Coglin in his final match. As a Young Lion in the final match in the Alex Coughlin Open Challenge Series, defeats J.R. Kratos with a German suplex to get a win in his final match as a Young Lion. He has officially graduated from the Young Lion system, and he is now a legit, legit New Japan superstar. Congratulations to Alex Coughlin. Awesome job. And that was the Nemesis Series. They're getting ready to start the... Uh, They're getting ready to tape the new beginning in the USA 2022 tour, which should be pretty awesome. But we'll keep you updated on that here. So with that being said, it's now time to switch gears and talk about the Royal Rumble 2022. And as we've mentioned uh, numerous times in the lead up to this, uh, the Royal Rumble and Sith gave a great description of this during pre-production. And I'm going to repeat it. So, think back to AEW All Out 2020, how you were on that super high of adrenaline because of the show and everything like that, but then you go, and that's how we were when we were live reacting to it. And by the way, thank you to everybody who came and live reacted to, the, to, to us, you know, to Royal Rumble. It was awesome. But then, you go back and rewatch it, and you're just like, that's not how I saw it. I don't feel this the same way I did then. Like, what, what's going on here, right? So, let's get just get into it. Let's get into it, man. That's a long ass comment from Hector. And let me tell you something, Hector. Honestly, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Dope, <laughs> Hector. It is Hector's job is so hard, man. I swear. All right, so let's get right into it. So the Royal Rumble opened up strong. We had our Universal Championship match. It was Roman Reigns defending against Seth freaking Rollins. Roman came out with all the pomp and circumstance, had a, got a nice little reaction from the crowd there in St. Louis, and then Seth Rollins trolled the fuck out of Reigns, <laughs> entering, the match, entering the match with the Shield thing and coming through the crowd like the Shield used to do, laughing his ass off the entire way there i could not stop laughing that was the funniest shit in the world he trolled the absolute piss out of fucking reigns and reigns was pissed off as well i i don't blame him but at the same time i thought it was just funny as shit so they get in the ring they have the match and the match was fire the match was really good really good back and forth but the the finish that a lot of people didn't like i didn't mind it at all honestly was Reigns locked in the guillotine on Seth Rollins. He ended up trying to choke him out, but Rollins managed to get to the bottom rope, but Reigns would not break it at five, and he would end up getting disqualified, thereby giving the victory to Seth Rollins, but he would retain the Universal Heavyweight Championship. And then after the match, he absolutely just beats the crap out of uh, Rollins with a steel chair, including the first shot, which was reminiscent of rollins's turn on the shield back in i believe it was 2015 and then it went from there so there you go sith your thoughts on the opening match of royal rumble 2022.
1: this was a high point of the night okay because it started off with roman you know he thinks everything's all fine and good seth's gonna come down the ramp nah son seth freaking rollins came in and walked in with the shield theme and armor regalia Made me thinking, oh, shit, we're going 2012 to 2014. This is going to be dope. You know, it was good to build a psychological story, if you will. And the match was a lot of fun. And people are complaining to me about the finish still. And this match was built before Lashley Lesnar. As with the tribal chief, not Hector's, not Donnie, but the rest of us, yes. He either opens or closes the show. So the DQ finish made sense not only to protect both wrestlers, but also Roman losing his shit and destroying two chairs to attack Rollins helped to reestablish him as the dominant monster heel, period, point blank, champ.
0: Uh, agreed. Like, I mean, and, there, and people say it in the chat, like say said it in the chat, that this was, ab- and I agree with him, this was actually the best match of the night. It's crazy that the best match of the night was the first match of the night. That's absolutely you – you hardly ever find that your yeah. best match is the first one that's that, of the show, but here we are. This was a very – this was a great match. The story that was told by these two was incredible. I want to see this mm-hmm. again because I know the mind games are going to continue, but we, we know what we're getting soon, which is – yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna move, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. So then we go from that to we're getting a Rumble match already. Right, we're getting the women's Royal Rumble match, the 30 woman Royal Rumble match. And uh, I mean, this was okay. We, I mean, I think the best part of the match was some of the surprises, though you mm-hmm. know, a lot of them were kind of already put out there, but there were a couple that were like notable surprises. So, here was the entrant order of the match. Of course, Sasha Banks started off at number one, and then we got our first surprise of the night as Melina, who hasn't been in WWE in about a decade, shows mm-hmm. up, rocks up. She had the red carpet, the paparazzi, it was lit, but then she was out in, like, seconds. It's like, yeah. what? She was out in 53 seconds, dude. Like, wait, what? So, mm-hmm. yeah, she got eliminated by Sasha Banks, and then they both like they both fucked the, the, the floor with the splits and stuff, which is weird. But it is what it is. Then we would have Tamina.
1: Who we had Kelly.
0: No one meaner than Tamina. We had Kelly Kelly, which was another surprise that we weren't expecting. We had Aaliyah. We had Lib Morgan. We had Queen Zelina, who I kept telling people to eliminate because she eliminated my pick. God damn it. Right. We had Bianca Belair at number eight, Dana Brooke at number nine, Michelle McCool at 10, Sonya Deville who had inserted herself in the Royal Rumble just the day prior at number 11, Natalya at number 12, another surprise, Cameron at number 13, Naomi followed, Carmella, Rhea Ripley at 16, Charlotte Flair at 17, the SmackDown Women's Champion, another surprise, Ivory, but not just Ivory. Right the censor ivory, who literally cut a promo and didn't even stop cutting the promo even after getting thrown over the top rope and eliminated. Like that's wild. Then we would have yeah. Bree Bella at number 19. Then we knew this woman was coming in and she came in at number 20, but we we didn't we didn't know what to expect in terms of her entrance. We got hardcore country, we got the impact knockouts world title on her waist. It's Mickey James coming in at number 20. Alicia Fox was another surprise coming in at number 21. Nikki A.S.H. was number 22. Summer Wray was number 23. Nikki Bella was number 24. And this was another big surprise. Sarah Logan, who is coming off having a baby just several months ago, came in at number 25. Her and Liv had a brief moment before the Bellas eliminated them because they are ass. Lita came in at number 26. Mighty Molly at number 27. She got twatted and eliminated by Nikki Uh A.S.H. Aha. Then we got the surprise that the worst kept secret in all of wrestling. Ronda Rousey coming in at number 28. But the pop she got, though, was incredible. And, sh- and then Shotzi at number 29 and Shayna Baszler with that shitty music came out at number 30. Ronda Rousey would turn around and win the entire thing, getting four eliminations, including SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair, to win the Royal Rumble and be- and become the number one contender for either the Raw or SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, congratulations to Ronda Rousey. How did you feel about this one, Seth?
1: Okay. The good news is that this was the best of the two Rumble matches this year. The bad news, though, we're recycling a bad time honor tradition here. Part-timers winning the Rumble, because even though Rousey's only around reportedly for like a year, a couple of months over a year, I'm sure it's not a 52-week deal, and this is a part-time deal. When you have part-timers winning the Rumble, it hurts in creating in cultivating current or new main event stars. Sadly, I predicted this knowing the case, but then again, this was the better of the two Rumble matches. I like some of the continuing stories that played out as well, but having Rhonda show up and win, bad taste in my mouth. I was hoping for Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, or Asko returning to possibly win, who will be on constant on TV, not a part-timer.
0: I mean, to be fair to Rhonda, I think I I saw a report that said that she slated to make appearances at every SmackDown leading up to the to WrestleMania. So I don't know how much part time it is, but we'll just have to see. But I think she's expected to make appearances, including an appearance at a non televised event. So. That would work. She, she she might it might be more might be more full more full time than we think, but we'll have to just wait and see. Yep. But her winning this was her first appearance in the WWE <laughs> since her loss in the main event of WrestleMania thirty five back in twenty nineteen. So almost three yep. years since she. Was there and there she and she's she was gone, so you know, congrats to Ronda Rousey again. It was great to see that moment with Liv and Sarah, and then the digital exclusive with yeah. Sarah talking about her appearance and Liv coming up and crying. I i i, I shared a couple thug tears, I ain't gonna lie, but um, yeah. it was it was a great moment there, also the moment where uh, fucking what was her name? Sonya Deville was sitting at the analysis table with her jacket on. And then when they mentioned that Cameron was, uh, is a friend of Naomi, she all of a sudden the light bulb switch was like, Oh, she is. Is she, Oh, I'm going to go deal with her then. Okay. Bet, you know, and then Naomi coming out right after and then eliminating her. And then Cameron trying to do the little wild, uh, save herself from elimination. And Sonya said, not today, my friend. Yoink. (laughs) So there was that, um, but it was, and I like the fact that Mickey James, even as a champion for a somewhat competitor, she was she still had a good showing, and even got an elimination and lasted eleven minutes and forty seconds in the match. So that was really really good. I really really enjoyed that. Summer Rae, poor girl, didn't even last a minute. There were a couple people didn't last a minute in here, so I'm looking at that real quick. It was Melina, fifty three seconds. Then you had. Uh, Cameron, who lasted 51 seconds. Uh, Ivory, who only lasted 25 seconds. Natalia, uh, Summer Rae, 52 seconds. Um, Mighty Molly, only 20 seconds. And that's mm-hmm. because she got beat down on the outside before she even got into the ring officially. Yeah. And then she got in, and 20 seconds later, she was out again. Uh, and Sarah Logan at only 43 seconds. So a lot of short uh, stints for people in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. But all in all, for a Rumble that went, For those many people that were in there for a short period of time, the rumble last that rumble match lasted fifty nine minutes and forty seconds. It's crazy, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, but let's move on, and um, we'll get to the chat in just a minute. I just want to get through this. So next we will have Becky Lynch against uh, Piper Nevin for the Raw Women's Championship, and this match suffered. And the reason why this match suffered is because the crowd was not paying attention. To nope. the match itself. The reason why is because after Ronda Rousey won the Royal Rumble, the Women's Royal Rumble, and pointed at the sign like they always do, and they had the pyro on it, the sign caught on fire. <laughs> The fucking sign caught on fire. So they had to evacuate the section underneath it because the smoldering stuff was falling down. You don't want people to get hurt, burned, stuff like that. And then they had to lower the sign so they could put the fire out. So because of that, a part, a part of this arena was moved out of the way, and everybody else was just watching that. So these two women who went out there and put on a pretty good match, actually, didn't get the attention they deserved because the sign was on fire. Anyway... Becky Lynch would go on to get hit the manhandle slam from the second row, but Avalanche manhandle slam to get the victory went 13 minutes even and she retained her Raw Women's Championship. Sith, what say you?
1: Oh, man. This match had no fucking reason to be on the Royal Rumble main card at all. Okay? No one buys Piper Nevin as a series contender at all for the Raw women's championship. On the rewatch, because I rewatch all pay-per-views, I thought I was watching two people just going through the motions to have a match and both knew well it didn't belong on the main card. I would hate more praise on this if it was on the kickoff show, but nope, we couldn't do that. And it hampered the card a bit on the rewatch. Okay, match here, but yeah. Another case of rewatch hurting the match. And the crowd not invested in him because of the sign. Hey WWE, way to go! When it comes to public safety, you had a sign that caught fire. Dumbasses.
0: Yeah, like I said, it was a It was an okay match, but as I agree with you, I think it would have been better suited on the kickoff show. And I, I think the sign situation definitely did not help it at all. I swear it did not help it at all, and I think that's what hurt it a lot. Uh, but it was still a solid match, and the right person won. We knew Becky Lynch was going to win because they're set, mm-hmm. we assumed they were setting up a program with her and Ronda. We found out. We would find out later this week that was not the case. But anyway. Hey, nope.
1: Another now, thing that the Observer got wrong. Imagine that. Yeah, that was some pricks.
0: Anyway, then we will move on from that to the WWE Championship match. Bobby Lashley challenging Brock Lesnar for the title. This was, this was fun to watch. Just because yeah. just the beginning of it was fun to watch. Seeing each of them suplex each other, and then they stand back up like, all right, that was pretty good. All right, that And then they just got to going at it and going at it. And, you know, you had the spot where Bobby Lashley spears himself through the barricade. It looked like it was going to be Lesnar when he hit the F5 on Lashley, but the ref, you know, had the ref bump. And you're thinking, okay, something's about to happen. We have a ref bump. And sure enough, here came My tribal chief, your tribal chief, our tribal chief, except for Hector Donnie. Donnie, Hector, don't say nothing. The head of the table, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns comes in, spears Brock Lesnar. Then he walks over to Paul Heyman. And he looks at Paul Heyman. And then he extends his hand. And you wonder, Paul, what are you about to do? You know what he did? He handed him the championship belt. And Lesnar got beamed upside the head with that belt. And then they left together. And Bobby Lashley is your new WWE Heavyweight Champion of the World, which is what I called. I knew he was going to win the title, and that's what happened. And there you go, Sith, How do you feel about that?
1: Oh, this match just figured out what it would be. A lot of entertaining spots and two monsters finally getting a match we've been asking for for over a fucking decade now. The ending, though, was insane and really great with the referee knocked out, Roman coming out and taking a piss on Lesnar, and Heyman doing a swerve back to the tribal chief. You had to get this back on track to Brock Roman at WrestleMania. And I thought it was orchestrated really well here. Definitely another one of those high points of the night.
0: Second best match of the night for me, honestly. And here's the funny part about this here's the funny part about this one. As as familiar with the history of Heyman as I am, especially given the fact how he swerved rock before with Big Show at Survivor Series 2002, even I didn't see this coming. Even I didn't see – I knew a swerve was coming. I just didn't see it coming there, honestly. Yeah. I literally was like – jaw was on the floor. I was like, wait, this really is happening but it was it was played very, very well. It was done very, very well. We're going to get Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania, and it's going to be awesome. So this is my second favorite match of the night and second best match of the night, yeah. honestly, out of the six. So great job. And then we would go from there to the mixed tag match. By the way, the match was 10 minutes and 15 seconds, by the way. Uh, next, we will go to our semi main event, our semi final. It was the grit couple against the it couple, the match, mixed taxi match of the Hall of Famers Edge and Beth Phoenix against The Miz and Maurice. This was just one of those matches where it was mostly the men doing the work. Yeah. Though when the women got in, Maurice still showed she got something. She still got something. That off the top rope Hurricane that she did, that was lit. I I was I was like though I was kinda scared she was about to land on the head for a second I was about to be like, Ooh girl, don't do that But in the end I got it wrong. I got it wrong. I thought I had it right. I got it wrong. I picked the it couple to win. I thought they were going to mm-hmm. keep this thing going to WrestleMania. Nah, they didn't. We ended no. up getting we ended up getting dual, We ended up getting a spear from Beth. We ended up getting dual uh, glam slams, and we got a one, two, three, and the grit couple coming out on top with the dub. Sith, your thoughts?
1: This was a fun match on the rewatches. Heels were being flat out dickish heels, and faces were trying to overcome all odds here. Ms. Maurice Edge and Beth Phoenix all did solid work. And a solid add to, to Maurice and Beth Phoenix is Maurice hadn't been in the ring in action in five years. Two mm. years for Beth, and they both worked on their strengths character-wise, which helped in building up the match. Ms. and Edge looked really good, so can we now get AG Styles versus Edge? I'm salivating over that idea.
0: Bro. I wish you hadn't said that because now now I'm bricked up because
1: of that. I really want to see that match. AJ I and know. Edge. Shit, I want to see that oh, one of the man. two nights at Wrestlemania. We need to have that match because the contrast in styles between AJ Styles and Edge are just amazing.
0: Sage, why are you hating on Edge and Beth Phoenix? What's wrong with you, man? Anyway. No. And Mar- Maurice's last match was Hell in a Cell 2018. I thought it was Wrestlemania. Did I miss yeah, that? Yeah, too. Did I miss that? Anyway, whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll look it up and we'll figure it out. So then after that, then we would have the Men's Royal Rumble match itself, which went 51 minutes and 10 seconds. Here was the order of entrance for this match here. You had, of course, AJ Styles enter at number one and a nice little nod to Shawn Michaels with the Shawn Michaels pose. Because remember, Shawn Michaels has gone wire to wire to win the Royal Rumble. So I guess he's trying to... Trying to hint at something there, and then number two we had Shinsuke Nakamura. I said, "Yo, New Japan much?" So uh, I got I got excited for that. Yep. Next we would have Austin Theory, number four, Robert Roode, Rich Holland, at number five, Montez Ford at number six, the U.S. Champion Damian Priest at number seven, Sami Zayn at number eight, his his nemesis Johnny Knoxville number nine, coming out looking absolutely ridiculous. But that's Johnny Knoxville for you. Angelo Dawkins at number 10, Omos at number 11, Ricochet at number 12, Chad Gable at number 13, Dominic Mysterio at number 14, Happy Corbin at number 15, Dolph Ziggler at number 16, Sheamus at number 17, Rick Boogs at number 18, Mad Cab Moss at 19, Riddle at 20, Drew McIntyre who everybody thought was gone until after the Wrestlemania because of his neck, oh wait, he's here, okay, Kevin Owens at number twenty-two, Ray Rosterio at number twenty-three, Kofi King at number twenty-four, who had who looked like he was going to do another one of his amazing save spots, and it and he it got fucked up unfortunately. Otis at number twenty-five, Big E at number twenty-six, Bad Bunny coming in there at number twenty-seven. Shay McMahon at number 28. We already talked about him. Randy Orton at number 29. Getting the the huge hometown pop. Because we are in St. Louis. And number 30. The biggest surprise of the night. Literally an hour after he lost his WWE title. Brock Lesnar just came in there. And just hoofed everybody out. (laughs) He He just got everybody. He just got everybody the hell up out of there. He got five eliminations. And won the Royal Rumble. Now couple stats for you here regarding Brock Lesnar and this victory and this was, this is, this is pretty this is some funny shit right here actually this is some really funny shit and guess what, it's gonna be our first yes it is folks, it's gonna be our first stat of the day start of the day, start
1: of the day. Start of the
0: a right fool is right Hector but, Brock Lesnar's victory in this year's Royal Rumble set two records. The first, the the amount of time between Royal Rumble wins. Remember, Lesnar won the Royal Rumble back in 2003. It has been 19 bloody years since his last win, and he wins again. That is the longest time ever between Royal Rumble wins, and he spent the least amount of time of all Royal Rumble winners at two minutes and thirty seconds. And that is your stat of the day. Start of the day, start of the day.
1: Start of the day. Start of the day.
0: Artie, what's up, dude? How you doing, brother? How you doing? Uh so that's your order that was your order of entrance and Brock Lesnar being number thirty came in. One mm-hmm. and there you go. Sith
1: your thoughts? Sadly, this match has three things in common with its female counterpart. One, part-timer one, so that way we can get a major headline main event at WrestleMania. Two, lack of development of the mid-card for new stars, mostly. And three, neither match is one that I'll want to revisit again this year. Sure, I can get all the credit for calling both Rumble matches and this one three weeks prior, but it doesn't mean it was any good, though. It was just there. And then the botch from Kofi not doing his thing. God, I was just miserable on the rewatch watching this. It just felt like the main event was there. And now that we know that there were certain issues backstage, it makes me pissed off even more that it wasn't handled better backstage. Because this had the potential to be good. But this is the worst Rumble match since 2015. Where at the end, The Rock's getting booed out of town because he's holding up Roman Reigns' hand going, yeah, put some respect on him. Crowd's booing The Rock out of the building
0: because they Roman to win. And to make matters worse, they did the whole pyro and pointing at the sign thing again, and it caught fire again. Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, what
0: the? Like, okay, all right. Fuck me. Yeah, I'm, ch- I'm chilling too, Artie, man. Um, okay, where do I start with this? Number one, the lack of star power is number one, right? Right. That's Number two, the lack of surprises. You mean to tell me there weren't some male superstars that are in good terms with WWE but not part of it that you couldn't call to be like, hey, come on in here and do this stuff. That's, that's, that's my thing. Also, you have guys like Cesaro. Like, why was Cesaro not in this? Or Finn Balor? Like, why were they not in this Rumble? Like, I don't yeah. understand it. You have a lot of... And I think the reason why the women's had more surprises is because the women's roster is, like, razor thin compared to the men's roster so that's why they were able to find like a couple a bunch of able buys and just throw them in there which doesn't do anything royal rumors are about the adrenaline rush and the surprises and we didn't get hardly any Drew McIntyre and Bad Bunny were the, really the only, and Brock Lesnar were really the only surprises because one, all reports were saying Drew's neck is jacked up and he's out until after WrestleMania, and yet somehow a month later he's walking his ass out there and beating up Mad Cat Moss and and uh, Happy yeah. Corbin. Bad Bunny, because the last time we saw him was WrestleMania 36, and he showed up and showed out, and then he comes in his Royal Rumble, shows up and shows out again right? That Canadian Destroyer was lit, by the way. He just does it so well. And then Brock Lesnar, who literally almost an hour prior lost his title thanks to Roman Reigns, just comes out and literally takes less than three minutes to win the damn thing. Even though one of the eliminations was someone who should not even been in the final four in the first damn place, and that's that was Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon. Though I was kind of disappointed, we didn't get a little bit more from Drew and um, and and Brock, based mm-hmm. off the fact that Drew was the one that beat Brock for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Thir- not well. Bad boys at WrestleMania thirty seven. Th- WrestleMania thirty six was where Drew and Brock went at it for the title in the Empty Performance Center. And stuff yep. like that. So I just feel like we didn't get more from. We should have got more from that. But this was an overall very, very disappointing uh, Royal Rumble. I actually, I normally don't rewatch pay per views. I just go off of memory, which is very terrible. But I literally went back and rewatched this, and I was just not. I just was not happy about it at all. I was not happy about it, and I kept hearing a lot of people like just really not giving it positive reviews i'm like wait why are they not giving it i went back and watched it and it wasn't good it just wasn't good um so with that being said it's time to give our final grades uh so sith i'm gonna start with you and you can give your final grade and then i'm gonna scroll through the chat and and, you know address some of what was said in the chat
1: before we move on to the to this reminds me of AEW all out 2020 when we got done watching the card Adrenaline was running, and Champ and I both thought, solid A-plus pay-per-view, right? But then the next morning, Champ messages me and says, Yo, Sith, don't know if you've watched Wild Culture Cult- Cultaholic yet, but you might want to rewatch this card because a lot of people are saying it's not that good. Well, the rewatch came out, and it's very clear as to what went wrong. This is a case of six matches. Three were matches that were really, really good. Then three that were just there. Now I enjoyed great versus at, you know, great couple versus at couple, Lashley Lesnar and Rollins Reigns. Those matches left a really good impression on me. Whereas both Rumble matches and Lynch Nevin, they were just there. Nothing really eye popping. I mean, Melina was out in less than a minute. Okay. So it's like thanks for stopping by. Have fun back in Atlanta with the NWA or your work with Impact as well. And Mickey James couldn't say knockouts, champion, just knockouts. Because God forbid you say champion of another company. The rest of the cameos were just eh. is this nonsense about the forbidden door being open at the end of the day? wasn't worthy of note. C is my final grade. This really hurts to say, but this card did not help start the road to WrestleMania. Okay.
0: So first off, I went three and three in, in our predictions. Um, I, I I did terrible. I, I, I went half and half, yet Sith somehow managed to predict both Royal Rumble winners, which I thought was asinine, but somehow it happened. So, I don't know why Sif didn't buy a lottery ticket the next day. But... I'm
1: waiting. I told you that already. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. Right, I feel you. Well, I feel you. I feel you. But we opened up so strong with Roman and Seth. It was such a strong start. It looked like it was like, oh, we're about to be lit. And you're, you're in a big dome with forty plus thousand people who were like rowdy. So I'm thinking, oh, this is about to be lit. Then you get to the Women's Royal Rumble match, and it kind of like evened out a little bit. You were up here, and then it kind of just like kind of slightly declined, not too much, because the the Women's Royal Rumble match was the better of the two Royal Rumble matches, hands down. You got all the nice little surprises, though, as Sif alluded to. You bring back Melina, who's a former multiple-time Women's Champion, and you have her last night even a minute in the match most of that time was spent her trying to c- control her emotions because she's back in the wwe she's in front of this big crowd and she's in the royal rumble match and then they just posed off they talk trash and next she you know she's eliminated and she's doing splits on the floor a like she's going up and down on it like she's going up and down on a dick that was weird to me mm-hmm. right you had some of these other cameos from people who were former members of the roster and they barely got time. I think Lita and Mickey most got most time out of yep. there from a lot of the former, well, you know, formers and stuff like that. And it just it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, and things like that. Then, of course, the women' world women's championship match, just as Hector alluded to in the com, in the chat earlier, was a dead spot. The crowd was not into it because they were watching a sign literally being extinguished, and people underneath it having to be ushered out of there and stuff like that so they ended up getting a short end of the stick and that one being the third match right after a Royal Rumble where a sign got caught on fire um, it picked back up with Lesnar and, and Lashley because it was just a big beefy men slapping meat fest and it was really really good um, and then the swerve of the century as Hector alluded to and as uh, Juju elect, uh, talked about as well with Paul Heyman turning on Brock and re- reuniting with Roman and stuff like that yeah, well, let's hope that that gets fixed by the time she faces Becky at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, uh, but that was that was a point where it started to go back up. The mixed tag match was what it was. It was just there, and you know, it served its purpose. I guess they they wanted to just go ahead and just end that storyline now instead of continuing it to WrestleMania. Uh, and so that's fine. But then the Men's Royal Rumble came and literally took a shit on this event. Like it is. I know who it is Hector I just I'm going by the name I know who it is he hasn't been here in a while though but I appreciate we appreciate him being here and but then the, he's cool. but then the men's Royal Rumble match literally took a big fat shit on this entire <laughs> event yep. C minus for me unfortunately <laughs> C minus. Even the, the, even the specter of Roman and Seth at the start and kicking off that strong was not enough to make this anything higher than a C-. And they're lucky it's just a C-, only because yeah. of the fact that Roman and Seth was so awesome and then Brock and Bobby was really, really good and then the two other non- Wrestle, non-Royal Rumble matches were pretty, somewhat solid, Yeah. The Royal Rumble matches, this is a shock to me. The Royal Rumble matches, the namesake matches of this event, were what brought the pay per view down. You can't have that. The Royal Rumble matches are not supposed to bring the Royal Rumble down. And it did. So a C minus for me. C minus. I never want to, I don't want to watch this pay per -per view ever again. I don't. Yeah. (laughs) I don't. If anything, I'll watch Roman and Seth again and I'll watch Bobby and, and Brock again, honestly. Yeah. And I may watch the women's just to see the just to hear the pops for the returns of people and stuff like that. But other than that, yeah, I'm cool, dog.
1: Yeah, and all It was very mid. And all this thing talk of oh, we're opening up the forbidden door. Bitch, you had that cracked open at best it was slipped cracked open to apologize for trash bag gate that's all this was i'm sorry wwe do better
0: okay i want to i want to i want to put a pause on wrestling for real quick before we get into the rican wrestling uh, my, my buddy, Robbie, Robbie G., who's one of our mods here and has, who designed our emotes and our sub badges, shout out to Robbie, Sports on the Hill podcast, he sent a, a screenshot in our group chat, our, our roundtable group chat. It's not not real, but it's so funny. It's a purported statement from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, and it reads as follows. The NFL, NFL, its teams and players are deeply worried regarding the unprecedented situation that has unfolded as a result of last week's NFC championship game between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. For the second straight year there will be a team with an unfair home field advantage in the Super Bowl. As an organization, we have tried to avoid this very situation by utilizing neutral sites, but having it occur 2 years in a row is cause for change. To guarantee that this to guarantee this will never happen again, the league has come to an, a unanimous decision to move every Super Bowl following this season to AT&T Stadium in Dallas. <laughs>
1: get Damn. shit on
0: dallas yo whoever made that whoever's listening to this and made that please let me know because i gotta give you i gotta I keep you cross for that dude that was hilarious dog oh Damn. my
1: god yeah. Important, dude. Oh. Dude, like, yeah, the Rumble Live experience was good enough for me. Uh yeah, dude. Um, yeah, man. Um, if I didn't have to rewatch pay per views, yeah, ugh, damn it. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah I'm but not... Hector. Hector. But here's the caveat, the little bro. Here's the caveat: your Dallas Cowboys ain't gonna be in there, so that's why they said Dallas every year in the joke. Get shit on. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, one like more football. You didn't have one more winning the Royal Rumble this year. Dallas will be lucky to see another Super Bowl with Jerry Jones as owner. Period.
0: One more football thing, and then we'll get to the weekend yeah. wrestling. Sith, how do you feel about Washington's new name?
1: It's going to take me a while. I wanted Red Tails. You know why? The historical significance of Red Tails. Same. Okay. Same. So, you know my feeling. Is the mascot going to be Cobra Commander from old school G.I. Joe? Oh, my God. What the fuck? (laughs) I mean, me and Robbie are... Robbie nailed it. You know, Cobra Commander's our new mascot. Not the cheesy one that had a movie like a year or two ago. Nah, dog. We're talking 1984 Cobra Commander. Yeah, Juju. The new team name is Commander's. No lie. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not
0: feeling it right now. But as I told somebody this, I said, it'll grow on me just yeah. like Washington football team grew on me. This will grow on me. But right now, I'm not feeling it. I wanted Red Tails just like you. And yeah. we did not get that. And it's, it, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, the design looks pretty dope. I'm not even going to lie does. to you. It looks dope, but it's gonna take me some time for it to grow on me and stuff like that.
1: Want to buy merch?
0: That's that too. That too. It's funny because I only had one piece of merch that had Washington Football Team on it, and it was a T-shirt. I didn't even have a chance to buy any more Washington Football Team merch, and all the other uh, team merch that I have is from the old name, which I barely can wear out because you know that 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 moniker that logo is gone right so it's just it's just crazy but i just wanted to talk about those two things before we get back into the wrestling so we are back at it it's now time to talk about the week in wrestling Mm -hmm. and this week in wrestling most of the focus is on the royal rumble fallout with raw and finding out we will find out on raw who brock wants wants to face at wrestlemania and we will find out about an elimination chamber match for the wwe championship Plus, Ronda Rousey, Rousey's first appearance on Raw in th- almost three years, as well as other things happening with the fallout from Raw, as well as and then SmackDown with the fallout from Royal Rumble. With Rousey expected to make her decision on that show, which she did, and also some other things that were going on as well as and also AEW their their trip to Chicago. And things like that. So it's now time to talk about the week with Push or Buried. If you are new to this podcast and you don't know what Push or Buried means, it means simply this. If we take take five bits from each show and then we talk about it and we say whether we're going to push it, meaning it was good, we like it, or we're going to bury it, meaning it was absolute, utter trash. And that's basically the long and the short of it. Okay, Uh, this week, Sith will be the one leading the discussion here, so I turn it over to my tag team partner to kick us off with Monday Night Raw, Sith.
1: Okay, in the opening segment, we opened up the show with the announcement that Bobby Lashley, fresh off of beating Brock Lesnar, is going to defend the title in an Elimination Chamber match. And Brock is already in there without qualifying, champ. This opening segment, do you push or do you bury? Um, I push. Um, I
0: like. I like the segment. I like the. F- I, it's so funny to me how, Lashley the night before seemed like he was a face. He was high fiving the crowd. He was all mm-hmm. this. And then the night the next night, it's like he's back to being a cocky heel. That kind of confused me a little bit. But I like the fact that Brock came out and talked his shit and everything like that. I mean, he talked big shit too, boy. And yeah. he announced that he said, "Hey, I'm going. I'm going after Roman. I'm not going after you, right? I'm not going after you at WrestleMania. I'm going after Roman at WrestleMania." But I still want a piece of you right now, and then he would be. Of course, he got in. He got in without qualifying because he beat the shit out of Pierce before. Pierce is scared of him. What you mean? Yep. Um, But no, it was a solid opening segment, and it's really start starts establishing some some storylines when it comes to the elimination chamber.
1: Yep, which is in two weeks. Okay, absolutely. You push good way to open up the show. You had some really good chemistry going back and forth. And it all worked out. So it's good that they're starting to develop stories for the Elimination Chamber, which is a good thing. Moving on. RK Bro and Alpha Academy have had some competitions of late. And this time we had a Scooter Academic Challenge. And then later on that night, Riddle took on Otis, champ. The, ac- the Scooter Academic Challenge and Riddle versus Otis do you push or bury? Well oh, you push this this is
0: so entertaining. I like the interactions uh going on backstage like riddle running into the street problems and getting hydration and then when uh Gable wanted the same they just basically no sold him and walked away and then Otis gave him a cup of steak sauce <laughs> like yeah. okay that's a weird way to hydrate, but okay uh then riddle running into Omas and getting around that uh, the whole tw- the whole thing was entertaining and then of course Gable ended up winning the, the race because Otis absolutely just trucked Riddle, and yep. then they had their match, and Riddle actually got the victory, which was really fun. This it was it was a fun little bunch of segments all rolled into one, along with the match. You pushing it,
1: yeah. I really enjoyed the segments backstage because you're seeing a more light side of this rivalry, which was reminiscent of when the Street Profits were in the rival in the story with the Viking Raiders about two years ago. They had some entertaining segments on location and also backstage that were really entertaining. You could see some really good chemistry. When they got into the ring, it was awesome. And, yeah, Riddle got pinned here, which I am a little sour on. No, 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 no. Riddle won. Oh, just got pinned. My bad. Yeah. Which I am a little sour about. Because I don't like champions being pinned in matches, but the other side of the coin is both guys got the rub here, so it was a real good setup for the elimination chamber. And what Agreed. I agree, champ, what yes. I am calling the my, the match of Monday night, Austin Theory took on KO Kevin Owens. Ooh, what a banger! You push your berry. Big push. Big, big push. This was an
0: incredible match and a very shocking result that Austin Theory, not Kevin Owens, wins and gets into the elimination chamber. It is obviously clear to me that they see something in this kid. And one thing, though, that I kind of have an issue with is they're treating him like he's a rookie, like he's just – Austin Theory has been with the company for about two years now. And Austin Theory is not new to wrestling. Like, he was in progress. He was the former progress heavyweight champion, for Christ's sake. The kid yeah. has star potential. And now, and, Sif, you said it pretty much a lot on this podcast that they're not establishing or building new stars. But it's clear that they're try, at least trying to with Theory. I mean, he's been I... getting rubs from Vince
1: McMahon on TV. Yeah. Right, so getting rubs from Vince, but my problem is that Vince, where it comes developing new stars, he's wishy-washy. Look what happened, Keith Lee. You would think he was a monster success in NXT, and within a month and a within about two months. Yeah, Vince right. is wishy washy
0: when it comes to that. But I like this. I really like this. I and I like want the WWE segment.
1: We to be consistent. Because no, I feel you. I feel you. But, all, but one other thing. Theory was on the main roster, went back to NXT, then came back.
0: Right. Remember
1: he was with Andrade at one point?
0: Yep, I remember that. I remember yep. that. That that was there a, a failed experiment. But, but anyway, push but here. but hold on, one more thing though, Seth is also I also like the segment prior to that because we had the KO show in which yes. KO was like, hey you're hey Seth Fre- Seth freaking Rollins you're my boy you're my dog we 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 besties you know why don't you go put in a good word for me to get into the chamber and not have to qualify and Seth was just like, uh not gonna be able uh, to about. do it. <laughs> and that's what it led to the match and him losing the match which is which is fire so yeah big push
1: big okay in our main event before the final segment aj styles took on the le- two legends aj styles ray mysterio jr champ Do you push your bearing? push uh
0: this was a good matchup sorry i i, I got distracted the main remind me of the main event again i got distracted
1: aj styles ring mysterio
0: oh this was a banger This is a banger. This is a banger. And it was a qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber. Uh, I think we had the right result, though. Though I wouldn't have been mad if Ray would have won either. I wouldn't have been mad at either or. But I'm really happy that AJ got a shot, is going to get the shot. Uh, AJ's a former two-time WWE champion. And I think he can bring something really awesome to the Elimination Chamber. And these two guys just went out there. I mean, this was a a classic in counter-wrestling. Because A was just countering everything. And normally, I would, normally people get mad about people countering stuff so much. But when you look at how smooth they countered each other, you can't help but just sit there and just be like... And just not saying, just watching all, because the years of experience these two guys have, and the fact that they don't face each other that often, Makes it, it even was better. great. It was great.
1: Yeah, this is my second big push of the night. When you get these uh, yeah. two men in the ring, you know the match is going to be epic. Good shit here match-wise. And this was the main event because the main event segment was occupied, which was our final segment, which was the after effect of Becky Lynch taking on Piper Nevin the night before and also some stuff coming out of the Women's Royal Rumble because apparently Lita wants a shot at Big Time Bex. Oh, shit. Champ, you push your barrier. Uh. I got to
0: give this a small push because what you didn't mention is before the interaction between Lita and Becky Lynch was Ronda Rousey came out. Yeah. This is her first appearance on Raw in like three years. And she cut a very dull, clearly scripted promo, which definitely did not sound like her. And then she left. And well, no, then Becky came out and Becky talked her trash and then she feigned like she was going to give her the armbar, but she didn't and she left. That's Mm -hmm. when Lita came out and it got a little bit better. So I'm giving this a very small push only because Ronda's promo kind of brought the segment down at the beginning. Lita and Becky were able to pick it back up. But thankfully, Rhonda's promo on SmackDown was much better. Much, much better. So this gets a small push for me.
1: This gets a very small push because the interaction between Lita and Big Time Bex was what that promo from Ronda. I'm like, who wrote this shit? Because this was just really bad writing. And it's another case of writing where the promo delivery is bland And if you're going to have this person challenge for a championship at WrestleMania, you don't get them on the right foot, on the right track for a title challenge by adding bland promos on national TV. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. So small push because Lita coming out brought it back up a bit.
0: She basically saved that that, that segment Lita did. Honestly, and you
1: could tell the way Becky was looking and the way Rhonda looked that they weren't too happy with this being stick to the script, stick to the script, because you're not going to be able to show any creativity in this. And that just really sets me off.
0: Absolutely. Now we're going to move on to Dark Elevation. And, and guess I what? I actually I got him, too. So I'm going to do this one. I, I, I got and this. All right, so here we go. It's time for our Dark and Dark Elevation match time look back. Start of the day! Start of the day!
1: Start of the day! Start of the day! Here comes the start of
0: the day! This week's episode of AEW Dark Elevation went 43 minutes and 23 seconds while our this week's episode of dark which was not uh, on location but all in Orlando and taped in Orlando went one hour 32 minutes and nine seconds for a total match uh, total run time of two hours 15 minutes and 32 seconds and that yep. is your dark and dark elevation match time look back Side of the day. Side of the-
1: The Here comes the the yeah, and the irony about that is that AEW, when they promoted Dark Dark of the Dark this week, I'll get to Dark Elevation in a second, 90 plus minutes of action. You take out all the ads and the promos for what's going to be happening on Dynamite, it was more like an 80-minute card with 12 minutes of promos.
0: Well, we got what we got and it is what it yeah, is. But okay. I got I won't, real quick I want to go back to something Hector just said when talking about AJ and Ray and how they were countering each other and he made a good so, a very good uh analogy. About this what like watching a tennis ball going back and forth between Nadal and uh that guy. I can't I can't pronounce his
1: name to say it. Like. Djokovic. Big facts. Yeah. it? It's it's Djokovic. It's Djokovic. It's Djokovic. It's Djokovic. It's Djokovic. It's Djokovic. It's Djokovic.
0: It's, it's fucking great. Yeah, it's anyway, really good. Dark, Dark Elevation.
1: elevation. Go. We had seven matches this week on the card. First two really didn't catch my eye that much. But the third match, Jay Lethal took on Casey Carrington. Champ, you push your berry.
0: Definitely push. It was a really, really fun match to watch. Jay Lethal, you could tell that he's... Once again, re- revived and rejuvenated with Ring of Honor being on its hiatus until April. You got this match here and how well, this, how, how well this is. And, you know, he was gearing up for the FTW title match on
1: Rampage. Really solid match, so push. Mm-hmm. In singles competition for the women, Anna Jay, oh, the Dark Order, took on Nikki Victory. Champ, you push or bury
0: uh, I push uh, Anna Jay starting to get a little bit better in the ring. I think she needs some more singles matches in her in her life in, in her career to like really season her some more. But I like her. I, I I find it funny. I thought about this, and I'm pretty sure Hector's gonna have a defense for this. But I find it funny that she's pantomime more. She's pantomized more than uh, Jay Cargill, yet he says nothing. So I kind of think Nothing. there's another reason behind that. I'm not trying to accuse you of it,
1: Hector, but I'm just saying, think about it. But, no, this is a solid push. Yeah. Um, first match, I forgot to say, absolutely push. Y'all know I love watching Jay Lethal in the ring. And he was really good to help develop Casey Carrington out of bit too. Nikki Victory looked good against Dan or Jay. Anna was dominant in this match, though. So this gets a push. Yep. Then we get into trios action, where the factories, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick Camarado took on the team of Lee Moriarty, Dante Martin, and Matt Seidel. Champ, you pushed your very trios match.
0: The trios match was lit, so I pushed this one. I really enjoyed this one. And the factory is still such... It, the factory is such a great small stable. They don't mm-hmm. win a lot. But character wise, they're so great and they get so much heat. And so you gotta you gotta respect what they're doing, especially QT Marshall. Ever since his heel turn, his character work his his promo work, his character has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh and I feel like Camarado and Solo and Ogogo with more time in the ring are gonna mm-hmm. be absolute stars in the making. So push. They will be. And by the way, I joke joke Vic. I don't know. I don't watch tennis, so leave me alone, Sage. Fuck. Anyway, what are you saying?
1: Yeah, uh, Hector. Again, what do you have? Anna Jay minds more than Jade pantomimes more than Jade Cargill. Why aren't you doing this to Anna Jade? Inquiring minds want to know, kid. What do you we would think like trails, to know. Man. We'll Anna pantomimes more than Jade Cargill. What's your issue with Jade? Besides the fact that she's only had 27 matches and she's undefeated. She's gotten better. And by the way, no one's training her. Oh, wait. Dustin Rhodes. Oh, wait. QT Marshall. Christopher Sif. Daniels. Etc.
0: You're, you're getting off topic. What, what, yeah, pushing of in the trios I'm oh, sorry
1: you. trios match absolutely you push look as champ said the factory doesn't get a lot of wins and I still think the top of the trios division is still gun club or ass club but still this was a good match
0: ass boys <laughs> ass boys yeah Ass boys. I cannot believe that people are making this a thing. Ass boys. Like, holy fucking shit, though. All right. Holy fucking shit, dude. Okay. What's
1: next? What's next? In women's tag team match, Ruby Soho and Thunder Rosa took on Megan Myers and Joseline Navarro, champ. You push your berry.
0: I'm actually going to leave this where it is. Um, you know. It was it was what it was. It was an okay match. It was just more of a, a showcase for Ruby and for Thunder uh, because both of them had been big matches coming up this week. Uh, Ruby had a match against Nala Rose on Dynamite. Thunder Rosa had her match with the debuting Mercedes Martinez and things like that. So it was just there. Not going to push it. Not going to bury it. I'm just going to leave it there.
1: I'm just leaving it there as well. It wasn't groundbreaking. It's not a match I'll go back to. But it was just filler because two people had big matches this week. And in the main event, Penta El Cerro Miedo took on Serpentico in our main event this week. Champ, you push your bearing.
0: This was a push. This match surprised me. I knew it was going to be pretty good, but this match surprised the shit out of me, dude. Um, I mean, Serpentico, over the last year and a half... Has been portrayed basically as the basically the whipping boy for Doctor Luther uh, in the Chaos Project tag team, but when you get this dude in a match on his own. He shows you some shit, honestly. He shows you some shit. We know how good Penta is. He's a former world champion. So we know how good Penta is, but we don't get a lot of opportunity to see how good Serpentico is. And we got to see it in this match. It was a full-on Lucha Libre-style affair, and it just ticked all the boxes. It was a really good match to push.
1: Yeah, Um, definitely a big push here because, as Champ said, we're used to Serpentico... Serpentino being the whipping boy of Luther. You get him away from Luther, you can see this kid knows how to fucking wrestle. Good shit. Now we yep. go on to Darkity Dark, proper dark. Yep, yep. And, you know, first and foremost, we opened up with Anthony Agogo of the Factory taking on Marcus Cross, champ. GM- you push your berry.
0: I'm sorry. What was that? I'm, I'm, I'm distracted again. I swear I have ADHD. I swear I do, because I get easily hey, distracted. No worries, I, I hear nothing. What, what was that we again? You opened sorry.
1: up the show with Anthony Agogo of the Factory taking on Marcus Cross.
0: Listen, and I said it just a little while ago about Anthony Agogo. He, if he continues the way that he's going, he is a star in the making. This kid, this dude is absolutely just so good. Not only in the ring, he's getting better in the ring, but his mic work is so good, dude. Like, I I just, I don't know what else to say about it. His mic work is so good. He plays that angry, like, proper, like, that angry but arrogant British heel. And he does it so well. So, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to see big things from a if he can stay healthy. Uh, I know he just mm-hmm. came back from having facial surgery and things of that nature. So if he can stay healthy and he can continue to work, his, do work in the ring, I think that he's going to be a star in the making. And I hope to God he never goes to WWE because they would ruin him. But I give
1: it a push. Uh, I give this a push. Agogo is really getting really good on the mic. You had a good man chair, and honestly, Marcus Cross looked decent. So you definitely push in this aspect.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: 2.0 <laughs> guess what? They took on a team of Ish and Kid Bandit. Champ, you
0: push your bearing. Hey WWE, this is what it, this is what two should have been in, in NXT. This right here. I mean the gimmick the gimmick they had before they were released was pretty entertaining, but this is what you should have been doing with these two guys at NXT. Look at what they're doing at AEW now. They are doing such good work, not only in the ring, but on the mic as well. And then they got you got the added uh element of Daniel Garcia, Red Death Daniel Garcia, their their quote unquote son. And it's just a great combination. And Sooner or later they're gonna be in the tag team title picture and it's gonna be a really good feud whoever they go up against as tag champ is whether it be Lutrix Lutra and jungle boy or whether it be anybody else. I think it will be an entertaining program and once again mm-hmm. it showcases how deep the AEW tag team division is right now. Push.
1: Yeah, absolutely you push. Because look, anyone who complains well Ken bandit, they didn't stand a chance. They got some work in. They learned from two tenured profes- professionals that have been in the business a while. And 2.0 is again showing that A, WWE's loss, AEW's gain. You push. By the way, by
0: the way, welcome back, uh James. Welcome back. And hey, good job getting fuel there, Hector. It looked like it was looking a little dicey for you there with no diesel. It was looking a little dicey All for right. you there. And, uh, yeah, there you go. And, no, James, you make a valid point. They really did not uh, get a exactly. real good, a good opportunity in WWE, you know, NXT. Uh, and I feel like if they had gotten that opportunity, you would have seen what we're seeing right now, honestly. I really mm-hmm. think what we're getting right now, we would have gotten NXT if they would have been given a fair, a fair shake.
1: Go for it. You never would have gotten a fair shake. They're not Vince's guys. Anyway, moving on. Tony Nese was in singles competition this week, taking on Zach Clayton. Champ, you push your bearing. Tony Nese is just so
0: fucking good, dude. Another one that fucking WWE didn't do much with and then let go. I mean, granted, yeah. yes, Tony Nese was a former uh, cruiserweight champion. Let's let's be honest. He was a former Cruiserweight champion and he had a decent run at that championship. But that's his only real highlight in WWE. So far in AEW, in his short time in AEW, he's had really good matches on dark and he had that banger of a match with Sammy Guevara for the TNT championship. So, so far he's done more and has done more notable things in AEW in his short time here than what he did in his entire run in WWE. Major you push. I mean, Clayton looked good. Yes, absolutely. He looked great. He, he looked, Zach really Clayton good.
1: looked good. And Tony Nese is proving yet again that, hey, yeah, I'm trying to be a big star here, but I want to bring people up along with me. And in certain companies out of Connecticut, you can't really do that. And enough said. Yep. Okay, moving on. Before the main event, we had a really cool tag team match of two face teams. Dante Martin and Matt Sidell taking on Bear Country. Champion, push the
0: You push. This was the classic big, big team versus little team where the big team was relying on their strength and, and power. Though there were some teases of, of one. There was one tease of a flip and then an actual flip. And it was, and the crowd absolutely popped for both of them. One where he teased doing like a standing moonsault, and he ended up not doing. He ended up doing just a just a sit down, and then the other one doing an actual moonsault. The crowd with a holy shit chant. It was great. But this was a fun match, and I got to give this one a push.
1: I give this one a solid push, not a big push, but a solid push. Really good match here. Both teams looked good in presentation, and it's like they're building themselves up again, because you know Bear Country was. Out of action because of injury for quite some time. One of the members, Dante Martin's twin brother, is still out with injury. But these two teams just brought it together in a really good match. Definitely. They're not,
0: they're not twins. I think Darius is older. I think Darius is his older brother, I believe. Oh,
1: my mistake. Anyway, and in our main event, the bad boy Joey Janela took on Lee murray on on this Week. Champ, Pusha Berry.
0: Oh, you push this, uh, Joey Janela. It looks like he is. It appears that he might be on his way out of AEW. He's one of the originals for AEW. There's been a lot of talk that his contract is up pretty soon. He may not be resigning. But this was a really good matchup between these two guys. Of course, you know Kayla Rossi. You have to keep an eye on her because she gets involved quite a bit. She's very athletic. I'm wondering when she's going to actually be in an actual match. I would love to see how she would do it in, re- in a wrestling match. Uh, but a very, very solid main event to close out what was a very long show, which you don't get a lot of those long dark shows anymore, but this was a very good way to end the show off with this with this solid, solid matchup between Joey and
1: Lee Moriarty. Push. Yeah, absolutely, Push. Really good main event here between these two gents. Solid win for Moriarty. Post-match was good as well. And also, Janela, if he's not re-signing with AEW... Doing the right thing, building other people up on his way out the door. You can't really complain about it. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's yeah, a time on honored him. tradition. If you're on your way out, you put other people over on your way out the door. Yep,
0: exactly. Exactly. Staying
1: on Tuesday night, we flip over to NXT 2.0, or as I call it, Raw Light. Yeah, exactly. Um. But the show opened up with one hell of a banger as Imperium took on the diamond mine. Champ, you push your
0: Oh, you push this. The Creed brothers are just such, you know, you could tell that their their characters is built upon the whole amateur wrestling thing with the way they work in the ring. And they got to work with uh, Eichner and Bartel and even Volter. Uh, I'm not calling him by that name. You can kiss my ass. Um, and then Strong and Volter, you know those two guys hit fucking hard, and they got in the ring with each other. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. And it's crazy to me that the Diamond Mine started off as this really dominant stable, this dominant faction that couldn't lose, and now suddenly they're on a losing streak, which kind of lends to the fact that the Creed's could possibly lose in the Dusty Cup against uh, mm-hmm. G.Y.V., which is likely because I think GVV might make the finals for the third straight year, but we'll see. But no, you push this. This is a great way to open up
1: the show. Yeah, and that's the problem I have with developing of Malcolm Bivens and the Diamond Mind. Every stable that Bivens has had starts off hot, then sours down, which is not as bad as Robert Stone, but pretty bad. As far as the goes, absolutely you push. This was a great way to open the show. Either open it with a solid match like this or a solid promo segment. Not something that'll pour the piss out of the fans. Yep. You want something that's going to have your eye on everything. In the women's division, Cora J took on Raquel Gonzalez. Ooh. Champ, you push your berry
0: got to push this. This was uh, uh one of those matches where Cora Jade's trying to earn the respect of Raquel Gonzalez mm-hmm. and I think she did a very good job of it. It was really really it was it was solid. You know, Cora Jade still has some work to do when it comes to in-ring and uh mic work, but I think that get having this match and even though losing, Raquel still said, hey, let's go win the Dusty Cup. So she got her taxi partner yep. anyway. And so it's it rounded out into a good way, a good story arc of they're going to be in a tag team, in the, in the women's tag, Dusty Cup tag team classic. Hell, they might even win it.
1: I give they it a very push. Very well, good. Absolutely you push. This was a good women's match here. And I really love the chemistry between these two ladies. And the post match was good as well. You know, hey, I respect you. Let's go win the Dusty Cup. Go for it.
0: Yep, exactly. Exactly. Hold on, Let I'm looking at some of the to chat. The, uh, Hold on, L- I'm looking at some things A. in the chat. Hold on, I'm looking at some things in the chat, my bad. Uh, okay, Cole dragged in the middle with Bucks and Tony and Kyle. Okay siding with them yeah i i want to know what they're going to do with that storyline with adam cole being in the middle with the Mm -hmm. bucks on one side and red dragon on the other side and yeah i think i think joey janela will go back to game changer wrestling and uh and be there if he doesn't resign with aew i mean he had that match with joey with uh, matt cardona recently where he was actually a good guy compared to and, and cardona was the heel so that's interesting uh and Listen, Blake Christian is a very lucky dude because, Cor- yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, GCW, I don't know if it's tonight. I'll have to look that up. But I'll check. But I, I, think, it, I, I think it might be either tonight or tomorrow night. I don't know. All right, Sid, what's next? You talk about uh, who Ross calls The Rock. Because it's nighttime, and nighttime's the right time, he says. So go for it.
1: Yeah. L-A-Night took on Joe Gacy, and there was an intriguing setup in the post-match as well. Champion Pusher Barry. Uh, you pushed this. I
0: mean, you kind of pushed this. This was kind of a random... This was not really a random match, I guess. They, yeah. they show how it was set up. It was something that happened early on in the day that was like a digital exclusive or something like that. But, I mean, what can you say about L.A. Knight? He's, he's even as a face, mm-hmm. really, really good. He's still good as a face. La Knight's still good as a face. I like. I like what he did, and I like. You know what? Joe Gacy's character's starting to grow on me. He's starting to grow on me. Honestly, it's starting to grow on me. Yeah, no, you're not. It's starting to grow on me. I did not say F L A Knight, dude. Like you're y'all. I said L A Knight. Y'all are trolling. Anyway. It's it's, it's it, it, The character's growing on me. I never thought it would grow on me. I thought I would hate this character forever. It's growing on me. But no, you push this. It was a good match. Yeah, you push. It was a good match.
1: And if L.A. Knight is headed out, he's going out with the time-honored tradition and putting over Walter and Gacy. So absolutely you push. Harlan. Yeah, his Harlan. name is
0: Harlan. Man. Yeah, his name is Harlan. I one yeah. before we move on, I still can't get over that they gave him that name, Harlan. That was that's a yeah. dumbass name, honestly. It's a dumbass name.
1: Yeah. I'm this not honorable of this. mention is the Robert Stone promo. <sighs> Jesus Christ. That's all you gotta hear. I think Von Wagner's about to get fucked. Because whenever someone's aligned with Robert Stone, they end up being released.
0: Come Von Come, come Tuesday. <laughs> Listen, Von Wagner was already fucked when, like, yeah, when he started talking. When he started talking, he was already fucked. This is not going to do him any favors either. No, nope, it
1: ain't. <laughs> yeah,
0: anyway, ain't, get, get shit on Come Tuesday. Anyway, yeah. oh, by the way, by the way, James, uh, that the the, the the that event is tonight. It's a uh, GCW If I Die First 2022 taking place in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. So That is
1: tonight. Juju, we do deny- nine. Call Walter by that new name. We don't recognize that. To right. quote Black Panther, we don't do that here. Moving on. Andre Chase took <laughs> on Draco Murphy in singles competition. Champ, you push your berry. I gotta
0: give this one a, a, a leave it right there because they the the dude got a whole promo package like he's gonna be a big deal and he loses to the guy who has a fake university <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number one and number two when in the hell did, when in the hell did Andre Chase turn face oh I rhyme uh, look at me maybe I should be a rapper oh never mind oh, shit. um. But still, when did Andre Chase turn face? Because he got a face reaction from the crowd. And he and before, he was hated. So, I just got to leave it right there. The match was fine, but...
1: Eh. I, I'm the same way. Leave it there again. When did this face turn happen? When? I mean... <laughs> Hector. <laughs> it, it sounds... <laughs> I'm going to say something that's going to piss people off. When it do you not like say something that pisses people off? to do something. To get this guy over as a face. It's not going to work. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, in tag team competition for the main event, Legato Del Fantasma took on Braun Breaker and Tommaso Champa. All this in the post-match, champ, you push your berry.
0: Bush, um, I was not convinced that Braun Breaker is the star of of NXT 2.0's future. I was sadly mistaken. This kid Mm -hmm. has got it all. And for him, the team with Ciampa, uh, it's clear that Ciampa is probably feeling like he's either going to head to the main roster or he's done with NXT because it's going in such a different direction that guys like him and Pete Dunne, who are indie darlings, are just not Mm -hmm. the fit there, honestly. And so it's it's such a it's it's, it's such a solid matchup, and the post match was absolutely hilarious because after they got done, fucking K, KLR is fucking chasing Mandy Rose. By the way, guys, Mandy Rose was being chased by KLR this whole fucking episode, I'm and it started. Okay. But the end, but the end there where she basically threatened her with bodily harm to get a title shot, and she got it, and she still shit on her was absolutely hilarious. So mm-hmm. there you go. You pushed
1: the main event; it really awesome. And even though you know Breaker and Champa won, I don't want Legato del Fantasma going up anytime soon, James. I wouldn't say NXT has gotten better with this retooling, with this reboot. There's some parts that I really enjoyed, like, a lot like Braun Breaker and Joe Casey. But then there's a lot of stuff that I still can't get on board with. That just isn't working. They tried to reinvent the wheel, spur the moment. I've had to give it a grade right now. It's only at about a C right now. Agreed, agreed. All right, what's the ne- what's the last one? And the last one are all the backstage segments between Mandy Rose and Kaylee Ray. Oh my God!
0: Right, so I'm pushing this because KLR <laughs> is absolutely insane. Yes, chasing her around with a bat just to get a title shot. She hit the whole she hit the whole thing of. Where to Stephanie on the arrest of Toxic Attraction? They were gone. She's yep. chasing around. Idris, Idris, and them is backstage, and she he's fantasizing about what to say to Mandy, and then she ends up landing in his lap. And then when she gets runs away from KLR, they're like, "Yo, let's go chase it." He's like, "Dog, I need a minute." He's like, "I need a minute" because he was bricked up. That's why he needed a minute. Jesus Christ! But no, the whole and then the catering thing where she got cake and spaghetti thrown on her. Like, dude. Come on, man! This is this is great. This is great. Great work by KLR and by Mandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mandy, Mandy, looking like was looking like the like the arrogant champion that she was. The the drip she had on was on point. Yep. She then slaps the face of K uh, KLR, which is the huge no no. She didn't slap. But I think KLR slapped her, and that's what led to everything. And it was just it was just it was insane. It was a push.
1: This was insane push. Absolutely. I'm warming up to Kaylee Ray being a babyface, which I never thought you would. Uh, I'm slowly getting there. Now, mind you, I'm hoping she turns heel again at some point. But I'm really liking this first-time face side of Kaylee Ray because this is the first time in her career where she's being presented as a babyface.
0: Hector, not Hector, Dad Bob. What's up, dude? How you doing? Dad Bob in the house. And Hector, yeah, like, when I saw her waste that spaghetti, oh, no, I was not. I was not happy yeah. either. I just thought it was like, Anyway, oh, no. we go
1: to Wednesday night because I pushed the final segment. All those were just fun. We go to AEW Dino My. Yes, folks, Wednesday night in the house. And we opened up with Jan Moxley taking on Wheeler Utah. And we had some interactions with Dan Howes in it. Dane has as well in the post match as well. So Moxley versus Udo plus the post match. Champ, push your bearing.
0: Right. So I'm pushing this, and uh, this is something I failed to mention in the news stories as well. Originally, this was supposed to be John Moxley versus Brian Kendrick, but literally an hour before the show, Kendrick was pulled because. Some videos and some stuff resurfaced from his time where he was off his rocker and spreading out these conspiracy theories and things of that nature. So it was it. So Tony Khan made the smart decision to say, okay, we're not bringing this guy in when he has this heat on him. Let's get him out of here. Wheeler can go out there and, and, and roll around with John Moxley. It was a solid match. Wheeler Utah really stepped up because he knew he was in there with a former world champion. Really stepped mm-hmm. up. Dan Housen is just such a character. So it's great that they got him. Then the post-match where D-Bry, formerly D-Bry, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, came out. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to challenge him to a match. Let's do it, Right. No, he wants to partner up with John Moxley and then to quote unquote do like make AEW better or some shit like that. Saying that the AEW World Champion is a millennial cowboy, one half of the Tag Team Champions is dressed up like a dinosaur, and the TNT Champion is a vlogger. I'm like, okay, okay, Brian, what are you doing? But very intriguing turn to this story because it's like, wait, I, we all assume that he was watching him because he wants to wrestle him. He wants to fight him. But no, mm-hmm. he actually wants to be on his side. So I want to see where this goes. So I'm pushing this.
1: Absolutely you push. The post-match gives us a lot of interesting breadcrumbs here because we know what Moxley is like as a heel. We know what Bry is like as a heel. We've seen it before. The match itself was good, and you had the interactions with Orange Cassidy and Denhausen as well on the outside of the ring doing their thing. Just good way to open up the show. Good shit. Yep. Moving on into tag team com- competition, fast forwarding a bit, the House of Black took on the Bastard Pac and Penta El Zero Miedo, champ. You put your berry. Push, 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 push. I love how it began with Pocket in the ring
0: with the little blindfold on. And you're thinking, and notice that he never moves. He just stands there. Uh So, you know, he goes, like, Black goes to attack him, and he ducks. And it's like, wait, what? And it's like, oh, he can see. Let's go. This is a really solid match. House of Black should have gotten the victory here. I think they continue this program. I got a feeling, though, and I'm, 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 I keep hoping with hope that it doesn't happen, but I feel like Julia Hart is going to become
1: a part of the House of Black. Well, I think she is. It's only a matter of time. Matter of fact, somebody clipped the following statement. Either at Revolution or shortly thereafter, Julia Hart, Turns her back on the varsity blinds and joins the house of black.
0: That's an interesting prediction, there, sir. I like that. Um, and Hector, that's I, I think I, I Hector, I think I knew that already. That they are current yeah. tag team champs in PWG. Maybe I think I seen that somewhere. But that would make sense why they're such a good team in AEW since they already tag team together.
1: And you have to give Julia Hart credit for selling the eye patch because she's even doing it online. So she's keeping up with the story and everything. She's not. She's even,
0: huh? So it's funny because she's even has the eye patch on in Sammy's vlog. Like she's yep. keeping this going. It's not like on Sammy's vlog she doesn't have it on. It's just
1: like nothing. She yep. has the eye patch on on his vlog. Yes, I mean between her and NJS, I have hope for Katee because they're still keeping the stories online on vlogs and stuff like that they're involved in. And it's just seamless. I think it's really good work by both. Hey, hey, Hector. Hey,
0: Hector. I actually like that name, though, if she yes. joins the House of Black. Oh, I, I like, like that, that name. Like, let's stamp, let's stamp that. I like that. That would be yep. lit.
1: That's a good one, Hector. I'll give you credit, credit to you, bro. In women singles competition, the native beast Nyla Rose took on Ruby Soho. Champ, you push your berry. I'm leaving it right where it is. Um,
0: this wasn't as good as their first encounter. Not to say it was bad, but I think it could have been a lot better, especially given that there was a he- some a heated rivalry between the two with Nyla wanting revenge after Ruby knocked her out of the TBS tournament. Mm-hmm. So I'm leaving it right where it is. Wasn't
1: bad, but it wasn't great it wasn't bad it wasn't great i'm giving this a very small push very small only because of the fact that it was better than the segment that brandy was in which i thought was just totally mundane anyway, is
0: that on, we'll is around. that on your is that on your list yes or no please say it no is. it's not Damn
1: damn it i wanted but to I'll bury it talk about it real quick
0: i wanted to bury that segment because when did brandy turn it. when did brandy turn heel number one and number two like what was that whole interaction with her and Paige van zandt i don't understand that the only thing that said that kind of saved this segment was dan laver was getting his shit off <laughs> It's yep. so funny when he said something about her fake breasts i said hey brandy get shit on yeah. but other than that Yeah, no, that that segment did not need to be there at all.
1: And, okay, I have this problem. And I'm going to address it real quick before we get into the next match. Or next segment, if you will. Brandy and Cody are not heels. They are baby faces.
0: Could have fooled me. Brandy even
1: Even Brandy went on Twitter and called the Chicago fans trash. I know. And all I thought was, Brandy, cool, your heels, you're better off as a heel, we get it. But Tony's not ready to turn you, so you're stuck where you're at. But as I said, Dan, you know it's bad. When Dan fucking Lambert is the best part of your segment, you know you're going to get buried.
0: Yep, 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 yep.
1: Bye, Brandy. Nice though I will,
0: him. I will admit though, Brandy did get Brandy did get one good line off when he said she when she said that they only signed uh, Ethan Page to AEW to get close to Josh Alexander. I said, oh. "Hey, Ethan Page, get shit on." <laughs> yeah. that was a good. Now, I'm going to give it to her. That was a good line. I like that one. That was a really good line. But everything else, I I could have done without. Honestly,
1: Hector, look. I'm gonna say something. Sadly, most of the female wrestlers have had work done. Sadly, it's just something you've got to accept. Yes, the though, stuff's gonna come out. Though
0: I will say, I will say in Hector's defense, yeah. I don't think Brandy has implants. I don't. I don't think so, but I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So I understand how he would lose respect for him for that. But you also have to take into account that Dan Lambert is that heel from the 90s. He's, he's, that's how he portrays like himself and talks 80s, the way he 90s, does.
1: Or Bobby the Brain Heenan. The where fact he's that Seth just mentioned the name of that cuck on his podcast. What it? the hell? The fact
0: you named that said that Bama's name on his podcast. Oh, damn that's the first time we've said that man's name on his podcast in two years my bad Pace... no <laughs> chicago is a weird crowd chicago it and is. new york have crowds that are just absolutely weird like they boo the people you don't expect them to boo and they cheer the people you don't expect them to cheer yes hector he did yeah. for the first time in two years he said that man's name on this podcast Yep. <laughs> At least I can I I...
1: acknowledge one of his biggest rivals, who's someone that Champ and I don't like at all. He who shall not be named. But I really wish I, I really
0: wish I had a beep, fa- uh, a beep uh, function on my editor for my audio. Oh, so that'd I be lit if we
1: could do that. So I could just beep that out. Be like, beep! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Moving on. We had a build for a Texas death match next week. Between the hangman, Adam Page, and guess what? He's got an opponent this coming week, the Murderhawk, Lance Archer. Champ, you push your bury the build. Uh, I... I-
0: I give it a small, small push, and then we get. This is the second segment of the night. We get Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert's all over the place right now, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's got American Top Team. He's got Man of the Year, and now he's got the Murder Hawk Monster, Lance Archer, and someone made a very good. Uh, and um, Tom Campbell of Cultaholic made a very good point on the on the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast uh, this week that. I think AEW made the choice to put Dan Lambert with the Murderhawk monster and Jake because, as has been noted, Jake Roberts has very has difficulties with uh, emphysema and therefore yep. it would be hard for him to cut long promos because the his breathing would be, you know, would not be able to hold up. So I think it's a good thing that you have Dan Lambert, who's a very good talker, to be there. And I like the fact that they're building it to make it seem like Hangman's got a huge obstacle to climb in Mm -hmm. terms of Lance Archer, but there's no chance that Lance Archer wins the world championship. So, but I'm giving it a very small push because it's somewhat predictable. Again, there's no way in the world that Mm -hmm. Lance Archer is winning the world championship. It's not happening.
1: Yeah, very small push here because the attack from Archer... Telegraph said pages retaining because what? yeah they telegraphed the ending. With no, 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 I'm not saying what
0: you said. Sorry, Hector. What the fuck did you just say? Hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta translator. Go ahead, keep going, Seth. Keep going, Seth.
1: Yeah, this is where AEW really hit a weak spot this week, to where I nearly gave it a slight bury is when Archie came in and blank sided Hangman Page. Because you're telegraphing now that Page is going to retain. If he had left it alone, you'd have a little bit more suspense going into this week. But now the suspense isn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the main event this week, oh boy, the Second City Messiah, CM punk took on hector's favorite wrestler mjf champ you push your berry this gets the this
0: gets another big push from me this was an incredible match that went very 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 long which Good i did facts. not expect it to go as long as it did but i'm glad that it did you had so many like ups and downs here like punk being choked out and thinking oh shit, he's lost but then the refs seeing it and being like, no, we're restarting this and thinking, oh, there's a chance Punk can stay undefeated. Then you had Wardlow come out and Wardlow getting in the face of CM Punk and the perfect camera angle, by the way. This mm-hmm. is where I say that. This is why where I say that their production has stepped up a lot. This is a perfect camera angle because they never caught until the replay that he handed him the diamond ring that he used to knock CM Punk out and Give CM Punk his first loss at AEW. Perfect camera angle. Because yes. you never see what his hands are doing. You just see him like this. So you never see his nothing moves. Nothing moves. So that was beautiful production work by AEW. And all in mm-hmm. all, this match was just really, really well done. And this was a match that needed to happen. And it happened. And I was very happy with it. So huge push from me. And by the way, Hector said in Spanish towards... Called uh, called Dan Lambert in Spanish a son of a motherfucking bitch old bastard. <laughs> 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 thanks, thanks, thanks Google Translator. Thanks Google Translator. Ooh, Appreciate you. Just
1: shit on. Absolutely, anyway. you give this a huge push. Love the storytelling, the shock ending, the chemistry. Wardlow just quietly passing off that ring, and how everything was done. With the shooting and the camera angles. Excellent. Good shit. We go on to Wednesday. And at this time as we usually do. We go across the pond. To NXT UK. This was another one of those crazy shows. Because in the main event. This came out. And Champ knows what that this was, means. That was so disappointing dude. It. That let the air out of my enthusiasm because the match was building up to be something really awesome. But anyway, we had the finals in the number one contenders tag team tournament final between Ashton Smith, Oliver Carter versus Dave Manstep and Jack stars what happened. You'll find out in a minute. What happens when Milo Grace takes on the Wicked Witch Elodon? Well, you'll find out here. Uh Joe Coffee of Gallus has announced his intentions. What are they, you'll find out here. And yeah, we had a main event that had to sadly end in a referee stoppage. What all happened with all that, we'll find out on the NXT UK Report right here, right now. Hello friends, and welcome to your NXT UK Report for this week. We open the show this week with the number one contender's tag team tournament final between Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter taking on the team of the Bomber Date Mastiff and Jack Stars with Mustache Mountain on commentary. This was a thrilling end to this number one contenders tournament and there's tension now between Mastiff and Stars towards the end as well. At the end of the match, your number one contenders for the NXT UK Tag Team Champions are Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter via a lariat followed by the assisted moonsault. Mustache Mountain knows that Smith and Carter are on top of their game right now at this point and are prepared for their best and Smith and Carter should be ready for Mustache Mountain's best. The family uh, got revenge on Nathan Frazier's after his remarks last week, this rivalry is just getting started. In the women's division, the Wicked Witch, Ila Dawn took on Myla Grace. This was a rapid-fire matchup here as Grace has shown some improvement, but it wasn't what was needed as Ila Dawn ended up on top after the sidewalk slam. The rivalry continues to build between the friendship of male and Nina Samuels, and they will be meeting next week. Sam Gradwell has a taste for revenge soon against Kenny Williams after Williams costed him in Saxon-Hunkley a W last week. Joe Coffey of Dallas has made his intentions clear to NXT UK Heritage Cup champion Noam Dar. Coffey wants to beat him and take that cup into the Gals' stable. And when he said he wanted to be on the season of Supernova Sessions next week, Darr said, Nah, son. It's going to be the Irish chase Jordan Dublin instead. And in our main event, the final boss, Miko Satomura, took on Blair Davenport in a Japanese street fight. As Miko, being the fighting champion she is, put the NXT UK Women's Championship on the line. This was an insane main event that sadly got cut short as Blair Davenport tried to attempt the double stomp on the ring apron, which had her eventually put out on a stretcher to close the shore and she was favoring a left ankle injury so satumore retains due to referee stoppage and that is your NXt uk report for this week
0: all right we are back that was your NXT uk report from the basement for this week and again I was I was so so disappointed. <laughs> in the outcome of the Japanese street fight for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Uh, unfortunately, B. Precy did suffer a legit uh, ankle injury uh, last check. There was no word on what type of injury it was or how long she will be out, but the way her ankle rolled after that double stomp off the apron was not good at all. And the fact that it also, it was accentuated by the uh, how loud she was yelling and screaming in pain, and the fact that it was empty because I think when they taped this was around the time that they had more restrictions up in the UK where they couldn't have fans there. You could hear the pain in her voice when she came down. Like that was a mm-hmm. legit ankle injury that she yeah. suffered. That wasn't cape. That was legit, and that's why the ref had to throw up the X at least three times, and they had to stop the match. And Mako, even Mako, looked very disappointed that the match had to end that way, but. Uh, prayers, prayers to be Priestley. Uh, unfortunate unfortunate situation, but hopefully she heals quickly and she comes back because they got to run that back. They got to run can. it back. They got to. You can't. You can't end it like that. They got to run it back. Um, big surprise somewhat of a surprise that Carter and Smith are the number one contenders. I think they're going to have a really banger of a match with Mustache Mountain, uh, and it looks like the, the partnership with Stars and Massive might be coming to an end pretty soon, which yeah. I'm, a sa- I'm a little bit sad about because they built that tag team up to be really good. They're, co- they're complete opposites of each other, but they complement each other very well, so I'm very sad that that tag team could be coming to an end. It might lead to a match between the two, in which Massive should like, absolutely squash him, but he probably won't. Um, Familia. Yeah, that's that's gonna, that's gonna that's gonna that's something right there. Um, Nathan Frazier better find some friends of fast. I'm just gonna be honest with you. you better find some friends and yep. fast, uh, honestly. And no, Dar fears uh, Gallus. I'm just putting that out there. He fears. Gallus. Yeah, he does. He fears Gallus. He, fears Gallus. he does.
1: Can he can handle Joe Coffee as long as Shaw Samuels is at ringside. But all three members of Gallus, yeah, he big worried
0: yeah he's he he's big big worry he ain't he don't want that smoke mm-hmm. man he don't want that smoke and uh finally uh, she's put it
1: out there she's in a walking boot now
0: yeah i saw her in, i saw her instagram I, I saw her instagram uh post and stuff like that that she's in a walking boot. I just don't know what the extent of the injury yeah. was uh in terms of you know what happened and how long she's going to be out, but it it's yeah. It's really it's really sad, hopefully we'll yeah. find
1: out next week on innings TK, so
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, but yeah, that was it for this week. Also, uh there was one that Iladon. Don, that weird one right there. That's a weird bird right there. I'm just gonna be completely honest with you. That that's a weird bird. But yeah. she got the Dude, job do done when she did. Ian. Take care, James. Uh and one other thing is uh what is Nina Samuels doing? What is she doing? She messing with why is she, why is she messing with a Mel? A about to beat her ass. <laughs> I A about to beat that ass next week. You think? All yep. right. Anyway, all right. But that anyway, was the NXT really UK, wrong. the NXT UK this week. So we're gonna move on. It's now time to talk about Impact Wrestling as they are building
1: towards No Surrender, which started to look like a really good show. Honestly. Yep. And also, for those who are new, this is where we go rapid fire, impact, smackity down, and rampage. So away we go. The matchup, the show opened up this week Jordan Grace defending the digital media championship against Matt Cardona. And ooh, that turned heel. Champ, you push your
0: berry. Push? That's crazy. Matt did that. That's crazy. I wonder how Chelsea's going to
1: have a list, honestly. Yeah, I love it. He had this, he, he did this. He goes, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Jonathan Gresham, the Ring of Honor champion, took on Steve Macklin. And then afterwards, Honor No More decided to try and tempt the champion to join Honor No More. Champ, Gresham versus Macklin plus the post-match. He pushed a berry.
0: Definitely push. I great match, and even if it was under pure, pure rules, still a good match. Honor no more is not getting Gresham, or maybe they're
1: really making us believe he won't join. We'll see. I would love to see it swerve happen, but absolutely push this at version of Mackling, and the fact that Gresham is a fighting champion—it's just what you want, big time. Yes. Moving on. Mickey James was backstage, and <laughs> the story is unfolding between Mickey James and Tasha Steele's as they get ready for their matchup on Impact Plus later on this month. Champ, you push your berry.
0: Yeah, we push this, and I like the fact that Chelsea Green. She has that interaction with Chelsea Green. I have a feeling Chelsea's about to turn heel too. I really do because she's way too happy about getting a non-title shot. I feel like she's going to turn as well. So, but push.
1: Deonna Perrazzo is backstage and announced that next week there will be an open title challenge. Champ, you push your berry. Well, you definitely push this. Deonna Perrazzo has been doing
0: some of her best work since leaving uh, WWE, and it's clear that WWE didn't know what to do with her. It's another situation where WWE doesn't know what to do with anybody,
1: honestly. So there you go. Hector's spitting facts here. It would be the swerve of the century if Gresham turns out to be the leader of Honor No More. Bro, I would lose my shit if that's what happened. If that happens, I'm just going to be like, all right, let's fucking go. But goddamn. As far as the John Process segment, absolutely you push. And it's a good way to handle the cross promotions with Impact Doors being legitimately open. And in our sure. main event, we had the Bullet Club taking on Jake Something, Ace Austin, Speedball Mike Bailey, and Madman Fulton, and then in the post-match, Violent by Design, along with the Good Brothers, took on the Bullet Club in a scrum. Champ, the main event plus the post-match, you push your bearing. Oh, you
0: definitely pushed this, dude. Like, like, it was the match was great, and you also saw like the dissent, dissension between the teams because you know that uh, Ace Austin don't get along with nobody. He kept not tagging in Jake something, and Jake something got frustrated. He just it just couldn't be asked anymore to just not be in the match. Bullet Club winning was the right result, but then you have VBD and the Good Brothers going after them after God called out the Good Brothers. I cannot wait to see where this goes.
1: Yeah, absolutely, you Push. Um, really enjoying the story that's being built between the Bullet Club and VBD, as well as the Good Brothers. And as Champ said, Ace Austin needs to read a book. How to lose people and alienate people or something like that, because lose friends and alienate people. Because with the exception of Badman Fulton, He's finding a way to piss off just about every healing base in Impact Wrestling. It's epic. Moving on to SmackDown, Friday Night SmackDown. We open the show with the bloodline. Yep. And just when he thought he was out, unfortunately, Bill Goldberg comes on in and says, Hey, let's go. Elimination Chamber. champ." You push your very, the opening
0: segment. Well, you push this because Paul Heyman made the segment because he basically outlined like what was going what led to him mm-hmm. coming back into the fold. The wise man's back with the tribal chief, but then Goldberg came out and I like that Goldberg kept his promo very short and sweet. He just said, I acknowledge you as my next victim, your next blah, 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 whatever. Aside yeah. from the fact that we once again are getting Bill Goldberg getting a title match, I'm, I'm alright with this.
1: Whatever. Push. Okay. In singles competition, we had Ridge Holland taking on Ricochet. But then later on, we had Ridge Holland and Sheamus winning in a tag match. But first up, we'll deal with Holland versus Ricochet. You push or bury? Uh,
0: I'm just going to leave it right there. Didn't really do much for me, the match itself. And it basically was just a means to lead to a tag team match uh, that would involve Ricochet and Cesaro against Seamus and, and Ridge. So I'm just leaving it there. No push, no berry.
1: I'm leaving it there for a reason that I think you might agree with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ricochet won that singles match, right? Yes. And then he teams with Drew, with, then he gets into a tag team match and the guy he partner with loses the match. Yeah, here we maybe. go with 50-50 booking again from WWE where it comes to Ricochet. Just got to shake my head here. Right. Just say I... Oh Hector, you're right. It did it did it did
0: sound like a gunshot when Jake something guy hit uh hit Ace Austin with that chopping and yeah. I was like, holy shit, dude. All right, yep. go ahead. Sorry. I wanted to address that real quick.
1: Shinsuke Nakamura took on Jinder Mahal in a possible number one contender's matchup. Champ, you push your berry. This is another one. I'm
0: just leaving it there. I mean, Shinsuke was, has been out for a while with injury. He finally got clear and he's back. And his first proper match back is fucking Jinder Mahal. And it was a possibility that, he could, that Jinder could have became the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. I'm not burying it because the match wasn't bad, but it just did do nothing for me. Leaving it
1: there. I leave it there as well. The match did nothing for me. But... Oh Lord... It just shows how poorly managed the mid-card is in WWE. Where you have your top tier, which is always going to excel. Then you get to the mid-card in case of what the fuck, you know. In tag team action, Los Lotharios took on the New Day champ. Push or Uh, I'm giving
0: this a small push. Not to say that the match was bad. The match was actually really, really good. But I hate the fact that Biggie went from a main eventer and a tag, and a world champion. So now he's back tagging with Kofi. Not that I'm mad about it them being a tag team, but I just hate the fact that that Biggie fell this far honestly. And going up against Los Lotharios who you barely see on TV. They should have yeah. won that match. Uh, Big E and, and, and Kofi should have won that match. There was no way you have Los Lotharios beat a, world, a former world, two former world champions <laughs> when they haven't been on TV in forever. So yeah, it, that, it is what it is. I give this a slight push.
1: It was a good idea to have these two teams in a match. But now Big e has been relegated back to tag team wrestling after a world title. What are you going to do after the King of the Ring reign is over for King Xavier? Just put the New Day back as a trio again? Just a small push. Because the match itself was good. But seeing now two of the three champions that were world champions done down to this is not a good look. And in the segment that was the main event segment, Ronda Rousey, oh, boy, Calder shot, and it's Charlotte Flair. Champ, you push your berry.
0: You definitely pushed this. Like I said earlier, this was a much better promo from Ronda Rousey than uh, we got on Monday. Much mm-hmm. better promo. And we got... First off, Flair started off the segment and then they claimed that uh, Sonya Deville, who's clearly in Charlotte's pocket, claimed that, oh, Ronda's chosen Becky, which is the match some all of us pretty much want. But no, they said, but no, Ronda came out. And another thing that kind of confused me. The two times that Ronda came out this week, she had this mean face on her, and she just came straight to the ring, didn't high-five, didn't touch nobody. She comes out on SmackDown, smiling her fucking head, head off, and high-fiving the fans. I'm like, wait, if she faced her heel, what are we doing?
1: Right? I'll tell you what we're doing. We're doing 50-50 booking WWE style. I'm pissed off at the fans on Monday night, but on Friday, I'll be their best friend. I give this a small plush.
0: Well, hold on. One other thing I wanted to say, though, is, yeah, like, better promo from Rousey. Charlotte, 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 I don't know who wrote that line for you, Charlotte, but baby girl, that, that wasn't it. That,
1: that wasn't it. It wasn't.
0: Saying that your championship belt is your baby and it's, and it's prettier than Rhonda's baby who wrote that line for you baby girl because that wasn't it it just wasn't it and then Sonya, and then Sonya getting worked over got hit with the pipers pit in the arm bar by the way yep. she was in her jacket so i had a feeling there's gonna be something there honestly because mm-hmm. she attacked her while she had on her jacket we know the whole thing of jacket on she's an official she's a, a wwe official jacket off she's a wrestler so there's something yep. there something's going to that and hector you're a funny guy saying that about the trophy when he said that she called her shot that was funny but they got that push. was a good one. That was that was a good one. That was. A I good give this a
1: small push. Again, fifty-fifty booking. Rhonda's not having of having a very stoic reaction. Monday night, Friday night, last night. Oh, she's high-fiving the fans and everything. It's just insane. But, you know, SmackDown was there. You had a lot of good segments. Then you had some where you're just shaking your head. And it's just typical these days, sadly. Moving on, AEW Rampage. Action-packed hour last night. Oh, my oh, yes. God. Absolutely. And it dude. opened up with Adam Cole, baby, taking on Evil Uno of the Dark Order. Champ, you push your berries.
0: You absolutely push this. Uh, clearly, Adam Cole is now setting his sights on the AEW World Championship, and he's going to get there however it means he needs to get there. Uh, sad that this law, this win had to come at the expense of uh, Evil Uno, who I'm a big fan of. I mean, I follow him. I'm subscribed to him on Twitch. He's a great, he's a great watch on Twitch and things like that. But this is where we are. the, yeah. the Adam Cole's ready to
1: to, to, to to get where he needs to go. So push. Yep. Now, separate from that, you had a push match promo where Adam Cole flat out said, I'm here for one reason. Champ, you push, you bury the promo. As I just
0: said, like he made his intentions yep. clear that he wants to be the world champion. So you got to push this. And again, yep. Adam Cole so really, is just really good on the mic. So yeah, push.
1: You know, Cole is one of the best talkers in wrestling. You know, people gave, you know, four minutes, oh, it's a lot of grief. But there was a lot in the four-minute match, plus a lot in the promo that elevates both segments to be a push. Moving yep. on. Pushing these two things together here. Simi Guevara took on Isaiah, Isaiah Cassidy of the Ahf. AHF Oh. Easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah. And Tuntide is a motherfucker tonight. And then in the post-match, Darby Allen motions to Sammy about possibly wanting a title shot. So Sammy versus Isaiah plus the post-match. Champ, you push your Barry.
0: Absolutely, you push this. Sam, uh, Sammy Guevara is looking very good as TNT champion, but you got to remember that Darby Allen was the fourth TNT champion, uh, having mm-hmm. won that title off of Cody before losing it to Miro. I honestly feel like the match with these two for that championship is
1: going to be litty push. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you push. And... I'm going to make a high compliment for Isaiah Cassidy and Sammy Guevara. We have seen these two grow in the last, going on two, three years in AEW. We saw them grow from like double or nothing, then all out, then dynamite starts coming on and dark and then dark elevation as well. And you've seen the maturing and building of these two definitely plush Le- okay champ i'm gonna let you get your shut off on this although it's not one that i picked but legit layla hirsch and chris Statling are having an encounter backstage get your shit off listen i tried to
0: tell y'all motherfuckers a year and a half ago, keep your eye on Le- Le- Legit Layla Le- Hirsch. I tried to tell y'all. I tried to tell y'all. did nobody want to listen to or old D- old DC people Sham? Nobody want to listen. Yeah, no one wanted to listen to my boy. No one wanted to listen to me. No one. Look at her now, and now she's turned heel. So you're gonna get to see a different side of this girl when she mm-hmm. when she first came through. It was this whole thing of grinding her way, paying her do this, that, and third. Now she's got an edge to her. So I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all again
1: in 2022 keep your eye on legit layla hirsch please i'm gonna go even further than that this year she wins a title she's winning gold this year
0: and yes hector that is true that we met through evil uno yep all
1: right is that it for uh branch page not yet yet Yet. now we're getting oh. back to into my picks oh in okay. women's singles competition we had Mercedes Martinez taking on Thunder Rosa, champion Pusher Push, and
0: I, I like the result of disqualification. Keep this shit going. I want to see this match again. And I I mean, I don't want to see it on a pay-per-view. No disrespect to either women, but I don't think it's a pay-per-view worthy match. Mm-mm. But I want to see this match again. Seriously. So, push.
1: I could see it on a buy-in or put it on Dynamite, but not on the main card pay-per-view. now. But absolutely, Push. And this is another person that WWE said, "Man, fuck her." Martinez is out to prove them wrong, and this match was dope. And per usual, we had the backstage promo of Jay Lethal and Ricky Starks, and then the main event: Champ Starks, Lethal backstage, and the main event: Pusher Barry.
0: Big push from me. Uh, the promo backstage was really good. Jay Lethal was highly underrated on the mic. He's really good. Uh, I, I, it sucks that he's not streaming much anymore because he was streaming more uh, while ROH was on hiatus. But now that ROH when, when ROH was closed down due to the pandemic, so he was on Twitch a lot more. But now that he's wrestling more, there's more wrestling opportunities. I guess now he's getting back to what's really making him that, that the money and stuff like that, which I understand. Yep. But I love the fact that Ricky was able to reverse. The lethal injection into the Rochambeau to get the victory. That was a beautiful counter, beautiful counter, and yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I, I would love to see that match again. I would love to see them run that back. But great job, those two, and wait, what a way to close out what was a really fast-paced and action-filled mm-hmm. hour that
1: we that you mentioned. So push. Yeah, and now we get into final thoughts. Uh, sometimes our final thoughts will be pro wrestling. Other times other stuff and we also promote our projects that are coming out.
0: That's right it's time for final thoughts and as always our uh, our own Dan the Sith Lord will start us off and then I will finish this off and then we are going to be raiding someone so just hang on tight. Go ahead Sith, you got it.
1: Yep, alright. Thank you champ. Welcome back to the regular basement. Thanks to everyone who is lurking or chatting and followed us and subscribers we love you all. Okay, so at the Royal Rumble, we saw a sad, time-honored tradition of late take hold again. part timers winning the Rumble and not building up your mid-card to new stars at all. So this way, the top tier is complacent again, yet again. This has to stop eventually, but the problem is that the creative in WWE, as well as an extent NXT are being told, to do by people who are scared to stand up to the boss with new ideas that can help spark new life into these shows. Brock is still that dude that'll be a draw for people to go see. Sure, no worries there, and the same can be said about Rowdy Ronda Rousey, but odds are we know that certain people are an afterthought, though, as well as a forbidden door. All this talk, about WWE kicking down the forbidden door worked after one of two names. Melina was gone in less than a minute. Okay. It was like, hi, see ya. Go back to Atlanta, the NWA, or Nashville and Impact, bye. Biggie James had her theme and respect on her name, but honestly, we knew that she was not going to win. WWE knew well they wanted these two here as tokenization, as a forbidden door to being open, but in reality, one night only. Instead of Moose, Trey Miguel, W. Morrissey, Nick Aldis, Eddie Edwards, anyone out of those two promotions, NWA or Impact, in the Men's Royal Rumble, no, no. We get Shane McMahon coming in for nostalgia because his ego needed stroked. Oh, but Seth, you're expecting too much here. No, it was what it was. A mockery of a forbidden door to basically get rid of the memory of a controversial time when people were sent their belongings in a trash bag in a box, basically. What did we learn on my birthday? WWE really doesn't take the forbidden door all too seriously to begin with, except for a few minutes. Supposed legends are only there to get their asses in the seats because they aren't worth that label in reality. And what about trying to establish new stars? Forget about it already. It's not happening. In six months... Sadly, we're going to see some shit because we're going back to the same old, same old bullshit at the top of the roster. And everyone else is used to squander for scraps in the med card. And as far as developing into to anyone new, it only works until Vince McMahon gets bored and just says, fuck it. I need a new toy. Time for someone else to come in. That's why I don't have hope in Austin Theory. He's getting the rub right now, but he could be an afterthought in six months and he's talented as fuck hell biggie has quietly moved back to smackdown and isn't showing any thoughts of contending for the intercontinental title or the universal championships at all because now the new day can't challenge until the usos drop the tag team championships say so you've got biggie and kofi now as the new day languishing in the midcard again the fuck is that about? Other wrestling promotions need to take a look at WWE and make damn sure they don't fall into this trap. Because when you fall into this trap, you have issues keeping fans watching your shows live and or on TV. WWE is being set up for short-time success, but long-term failure. And last Saturday showed it glaringly. That, my friends, is my final thought. In the basement tomorrow, the top 30 films that I had measured to no expectations... They didn't end up to be films that I enjoyed. All that and more tomorrow, champ. I yield the floor to you, my brother.
0: Sorry, I, I ordered pizza for us and they called and asked for my apartment number even though I could have swore I put it on there. But, oh, I guess it wasn't on there. Whatever. Um. So, the internet is too toxic. I meant, I've talked about this a lot before, but... I thought about this earlier today as I was taking my son to my parents. And, you know, it's, it's a very toxic place, this, this internet and social media. And it really shouldn't be, right? Uh, one of the channels that I'm off for, Dress My Waffle, shout out to Dress My Waffle, good dude. Uh, he runs customs, uh, custom Warzone Rebirth matches on Saturdays. He had it today. And they had to deal with a guy Who just was just so toxic. He was telling everybody to suck his dick. To shut the fuck up. All this stuff. And he kept getting kicked out. And whoever his friend was. Kept inviting him back in. So he can continue his toxic stuff. And it just was. It just got to the point that. It made me think. Words mean a lot. They mean a lot. And. People don't realize that. A, a positive comment, an affirmation, something like that, could potentially save someone's life. Because you don't know what someone's going through, you don't know what what what's on their minds, what their hearts are feeling, you don't know. So going on someone's TikTok and saying nobody knows you, how do you think that's going to make somebody feel who's already feeling insecure about themselves? Going into a custom match and spouting out the type of stuff that you're spouting out when it's supposed to be nothing but positivity and fun. How does that make you look? Right? So you never know. Like if just saying a positive comment to somebody, just giving them that affirmation, it could save their lives because you never know how they you never know. You never know i it's 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 just so crazy these days how people can just be on social media and say the worst things to people and not understand how those things could affect them people are that miserable online that they get a kick off they get they get off and get a kick out of making other people miserable and it's really sad it's time to be better it's 20 it's 2022 2022 This should not be a thing anymore, honestly. Should not be a thing. And that is my final thought. And uh, coming up on Monday, I will be on the Wizards Roundtable to discuss the Washington Wizards, who are right now apparently currently sucking at the moment. They are absolutely getting boat raced by Phoenix at home, 59 to 32. Awesome! Uh, This is coming off the heels of them finally ending a long losing streak on the road to Philly. But now it looks like they're back to their getting their asses handed to them. My goodness! So we're going to have a lot of fun to talk, a lot of shit to talk about on Monday. So make sure you check out Sports on the Hill podcast this coming Monday. You can see it stream live on Twitch at twitchtv OTHP. or you can check it out on Carol Porter the Third's YouTube channel. That's Carol Porter with two, three eyes and the number three. And yeah. Come watch us talk about the Wizards and how much they suck. Yeah. Fun times. Nice. They need a I spell to win. You no, Hector. You Hector, you're a heel. You oh, are no. a heel. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, that's it for the podcast. This is a nice little podcast. This doesn't go very long. Uh, but next week, of course, We'll be back with you, of course, talking about the week in wrestling. Uh, we do need to find a little bridge segment to talk about, I'm pretty sure. No, because
1: Elimination Chamber the following week. So we can preview that because that's going to be at, like, noon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yes, you're right. So we
0: can do... We can do that. Dope, 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 dope. So we will be previewing Elimination Chamber from Saudi Arabia. Uh, We will be getting into the week in wrestling, plus whatever news that comes out that week, as well as uh, some stuff talking about New Japan and their return to doing the the Golden Series tour. So we got all that coming for you next week. So for our audio listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate you as always. We will be back with you next week. Peace out. Hey guys, it's Champ here. We hope you enjoyed that episode of No Spots Podcast. If you did, make sure you are following us so you can be notified when we upload new episodes. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook.com slash No Spots Pod, as well as on Twitter, at True No Spots Pod. We will catch you on the next episode. Myself, Donnie Wrestling, and The Sith for the No Spots Podcast on The True Radio Network.